Welcome everyone to Dabu's Fingers, episode 121, Burning the Hand That Feeds You, featuring Mandy. I'm Scatty, and with you as always is my buddy Matt. Yes, hello everybody, and joining us today as our special Meet the Kalisar guest is a master of song, of jubilee, of empowerment defined. Uh, we began our interactions mostly through Song of Madness, which uh, her group, the Litbringers, have come to be an integral part of. It's Mandy of Litbringers, a.k.a. Mandy Mandolin the Faceless, Mandy Denizo Tortgarian, Pierogi Mandalicious, Miami Mandy Page, Jackie Last Name Ass, Mira Tweety, etc. More titles than Daenerys. Mandy, hello. How are you this I evening? Didn't, I didn't know you were going to give all of them, Matt. That was amazing. You gave them all. That's, but that's not even all of them. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going there. But hello. Thank you guys for having me. This is so wonderful and like fangirlish of me. And it's crazy because I have not met either of you in person yet. But for the past two years, I have given you my entire life during the month of March. <laughs> and I have been so wonderful about A Song of uh, Madness. Uh, so my friend Christina and I, we we created Lit Bringers. And it was supposed to be a a thing like the pink ladies at first because this is before we were married <laughs> this is before you know the girls were the girls so we were gonna do mm-hmm. this pink ladies kind of bad thing but then a song of madness came around and we were like hey let's just use the name for that so we got a crew and we have like six general members um they are Brian House Triptalon, which would be Christina, my partner, and then Brian, who's also our partner. Um, he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff and like we and then we have uh MZRK Gibble, who I like to call my brother. We're Mira and Jojen. We have Dom. So Dom is amazing. Um he joined Dom last year and he just like hit my Duncan egg with Dom. It was Fabulous. Hilarious. Like one of my fav- favorite to do. <laughs> so um, him and I, he, Dom says during the month of March, I do a song of madness and then I do Mandy's green screen factory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then him and Daisy have this thing called folklore, which is really cool. They do on Tuesday nights on Twitch and it's all folkwise stuff. So if you're into folkwise, you got to check out Dom's other material. Um, we also do uh, Lydia, who also got accepted to the ice and fire con council she's the best mm-hmm. she did the uh, winds her. of winter one i don't know if you guys know and she did a couple other uh really cool ones but so she's her and her husband are the main team and then we have a whole bunch of other team that work with us um they we call them the hype crew and they're just there and we we are always down to work with everyone if you have a cool idea if whatever it is like we're down that's that's one of the things i really liked about you guys is it seems it seems like you're just open to accept anybody who's interested in in getting involved and i think that's really cool and uh yeah you mentioned ice and fire con moving into some announcements i suppose yeah because we'll we'll talk about we'll come back to lit bringers oh we uh, will yeah for sure for totally sure. We'll yeah, yeah. there will this. there will be there will be questions <laughs> uh <laughs> but it's mid-February, uh, February 12th when we're recording this, and that's that means there's like two months before Ice Holy and FireCon. That's nuts, man. It's happening very fast. If they could move Ice and FireCon back a month, I'd really appreciate it, because right on the heels of A Saga Madness, it's just, there's a lot of prep work that goes into <laughs> Ice and FireCon. 
and I don't have time with Song of Madness going on. So if they could just move it back, I'd be I'd appreciate it. Anyway, uh, I'm really excited. I'm going. I confirmed my room, got my ticket. I'm all set. You so, got your plane stuff all figured out? I think so. I have a voucher that I still need to figure out to see if I can mm. use it. But I think it's going to be okay. Uh, anyway, get your tickets if you don't have them, guys. There's a lot of people going this year. I feel like, I feel like it's been this kind of uh, dam just like waiting to break with the pandemic and everybody just <laughs> wanting to get back out there and missing this event for two years. So I, I think it's going to be big. It's going to be so, insane. So get there, get there safely, bring masks and hand sanitizer, whatever you feel like you need to be safe. If you're, you know, if you're worried about the pandemic, I know I still am very careful dude about it, but I decided I'm going. Um, so get thee to a nunnery and by a nunnery, I mean Columbus. <laughs> You'll be there too, right, Mandy? <laughs> this is my first year. So I, I've been wanting to go for many years, but I had a baby. I, well, first time I found out mm. about it, I was pregnant. So I can't come during that unless I was I was thinking about whatever. But no, I, I couldn't. <laughs> you know, it was almost time. So then I had a kid, but I, I joined up two years ago. So ready to go. So I've been waiting and waiting for two years now. And um, I'm really excited and I'm excited to meet you guys. I'm excited to meet all the new people and you know, be with our fandom, especially the fandom that is just here continuously, because I know a lot of it has dropped off because the show's not anymore. Like the true geeks are still hanging, you know, like we're still here. We always will. Yeah. Yeah. We're still here. Big family. Yeah. yeah, we're still here. And uh, I don't, Matt and I haven't even talked about Hot D yet. I don't, are you going to watch what's Hot, Hot D? Wait, now? what's Hot D? House Hot of the Dragon? D. Scat. Oh, talk about Hot D all the yes. time. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> have you, wait, wait, Scott, have you even Willis watched? Willis Tyrell. Have you watched Game of Thrones yet, though? No. Scott, exactly. No. <laughs> but you want to watch Game of, you want to well, watch because, House of Dragon? Because I was talking to B-Word about this the other day because, uh, and she made the point, well, it makes sense for me, you know, it made sense for me not to watch Game of Thrones a little bit because I was waiting for the books, but with, with Hot D, we know the story, right? I mean, it's, it's been written in Fire and Blood. You know, they're going to expound on it, of course, with dialogue and everything. But in general, we know the whole story. So it's not like I'm... It's it's more of just like waiting for an interpretation rather than getting the answer of how this ends, right? And so there's a difference. But I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I haven't really thought... I just assumed I wouldn't watch it just to carry over. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of... Yeah. The answers. I need the answers. <laughs> I'll probably watch it. Matt, Matt has pretty probably my favorite. Matt has yes. my favorite show perspective of anyone I think in the fandom. It's like, yeah, fine, I'll watch it. I'll watch it once. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it after that. I might fall asleep. See, like, Whatever. Me from production standpoint, and like, I love it. I was crazy. I yeah. okay, don't judge me. I put this in earlier. What is your song of ice and fire story is one of your questions. So we might as well just get into it now. Don't judge me. I was a show watcher first. Okay. I didn't read the series until like season three and I didn't really read it until like season four. So I'll, I won't lie, but I, um, I love the show production and you know, season eight. Yes. Disappointing, but not hating, not hating on it. I'm not, you know, one of those people to hate on anything. I'm happy I just have something personally, (laughs) but um, yeah, I just be grateful for what you have. It's one of my mottos in life. So um, look forward to that. (laughs) Just to set your mind at ease, I bet over half of our Meet the Kalisar guests 
have said that they started out watching the show first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an exact It count. is probably yeah. the most common story we have. I mean, technically, yeah, Scad started watching yeah. the show first. Technically, so. I did, I, for the, <laughs> the last half of the first episode. The last yeah. half of the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's my so. story. Um, and, if you... Oh, sorry, Scad. No, no, go ahead. I was going to just uh, remind everybody, if you still want to check out Ice and Fire Con details, go to IceandFireCon.com. Yes. Get tickets. They tickets. are caps. So they'll run out at some point. Yep. Uh, like on they're some... still available from what I can see on the website. Yes. But mm-hmm. Don't wait. Prices go up March checked, 1st as well. There were at least like 10, 10 to 12 rooms available. I just got mine mm. recently. So... Um, but they are kind of running out, so you want to hurry up to get it. That's the biggest thing, I think, room. is the rooms more than yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, like, go stay anywhere else, like, around the it's, con. It's, it's a like, drive. It's, yeah. you are, like, <laughs> yeah. isolated. Yeah. It's a drive, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's half an hour minimum, I think, probably to for stay sure. somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to some patron things before we dive right into the episode. Uh, we do have another I Mercury episode coming out. Shit, Matt, we've got to schedule that, actually. It'll yeah, be later this talk month. About that, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm most I'm mostly happen. through the chapter. It's it's a good one. If you it's haven't started insane. again, Matt, it's really it is good. insane. Uh, yeah. If you aren't reading this uh, this sci-fi noir detective romance thriller, it's got I mean it's basically every genre you can think of rolled into one. Grant is a master at kind of separating these things out per novella and pick it up, man. It's really good. And Matt and I are having a blast talking about it on Patreon and Patreon. So check that yeah. out too. Yeah, if you can pick up his first book for free you off can. of Amazon, it's and you can the also Riot listen to the Riot at Yorkville. Check that one out, and you can listen to our coverage of that first book for free as well on Patreon. So just head over there. Uh, also on Patreon, Scad continues his Wheel of Time coverage. He's Ooh. doing about 20, 30 minute little videos per episode, right, Scaddy? Quick, relaxed. <laughs> yeah, the one I've done. That's how long the it good, was. The good, the bad, and everything in between. You just done one so far? Yeah, I've, just the one. I've I've stayed away from them because I haven't. Well, actually, new update. I finished Vikings and I started Wheel of Time. I watched right. two and a half episodes. All right. So, what do you think so far? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep doing it. Just uh, <laughs> got got involved in prep for this episode and couldn't squeeze one in before then. But hopefully next week I'll get another one out. So I like uh, it when you can squeeze one in. Oh, jeez, Matt. I know. I know you. <laughs> Thanks for prepping for us. <laughs> uh, and lastly, uh, we've mentioned a song of madness a couple times. It's upon us. If you aren't with us on Patreon, you're missing out because I think there's going to be some content there. Matt and I are still finalizing some of the details about exactly what the patrons' role will be this year, but it will be something. Yeah. Uh, so get on there if you're interested in contributing a little bit to the determinant. The Maybe the characters, maybe the format. We'll see. Still finalizing it. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for a song. You're so event, excited. So. <laughs> yeah. I know you are. I don't know what I'm going to do yet because, like, I'm <laughs> like, it's it's crazy for us. We don't know who's going on and we don't know who to yes. do. And so we're just like, let's go for the bigger ones. Let's go for who we think or let's go for who we do. And there's probably about like 10, 10 that I've done already or I've started. That I couldn't do, so I'm hopefully I'm gonna try to finish those ones first this year, and then go forward from there. Cool. But we'll see. Love it. I'm gonna be repping House Tyrell personally. So yeah. Oh, good house to rep. 
Uh, all right, Circe. We're covering Circe 3 of A Feast for Crows. Uh, she has boatloads of chapters in A Feast for Crows, like yeah. a lot of them. And this is the third such one. Uh, in it, we have Circe drunk on anger and drunk on wine, mourning both her dead son and the marriage of her living son. Uh, <laughs> mourning it hard, not ready for this wedding. Jamie creeps in and out of the chapter as well, trying to reassure her about the marriage and also about Tom and safety. And it all culminates in a blaze of glory, a blaze of catharsis, as Circe burns down the Tower of the Hand. Now we'll probably reach back and forth across across Feast for Crows a little bit for other other Circe chapters here to see kind of how Circe got to this fragile mental state that she's in. Uh, the events of King's Landing are also just very intertwined in general with the rest of the goings-on. So we might touch other places. So spoilers of other chapters, beware. But uh, should should be should be fun to just stay in, in Circe's cranium for a bit. Yeah, no better place to be on a Saturday night in February. I'll tell you what. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think of the episode, so contact us. We'd love to hear uh, if you'd like to be a part of these Meet the Kalisar episodes. We'd love to hear what we got wrong, maybe what we're even doing right. But you know where to find us if you do want to reach out. We are DavosFingers at gmail.com. We're on Facebook once in a while. Our Twitter handle is at Davos Fingers. And as we mentioned, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers. Now, Mandy, how can your adoring public get in touch with you? Okay, first I want to ask a question. <laughs> Am I a Khaleesi or a Kalisar? You are a member of the Kalisar. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. That's it. But interview's <laughs> <laughs> over. Is, Khaleesi is both a leader and a member of the Kalisar. Exactly. Well, can I be a Dosh Kaleen then? You want to be the, like the retired ones? <laughs> I, yeah. I just want to be some sort of queen at some point. Oh, all right. I see. <laughs> you I see. are 100% a queen. I think, I think that that's been established. <laughs> okay. There we go. So yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm Mandy Deniz or Alco, aka Denizel Twerk Garyan. Don't <laughs> actually. I started that name because someone told me I was too. Ch I was after I gave birth, and someone told me I was chunk too chunky to play Daenerys. And I was like, oh Lizzo was super. Lizzo was super hopping at the time, and she was all about body oh. positivity. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna be body oh, positivity it, too. So I oh, was like, Denizo Gary, and here I come. And so, yeah, that's what happened. So she became a character just out of spite for some mean person. But I, like, I'm actually like more of a Cersei fan or a, Mar or a Marjorie fan than anyone. <laughs> but um, you can find me there at denizot.com or mandolin523, but usually at Litbringers. And we do at Litbringers on all social media. Um, to be honest, you guys, I only Twitter for you. I swear to the old <laughs> gods and the new. <laughs> Christina we got me. She when, when Christina and I became friends at Con of Thrones, she said, you got to do a song of madness. You gotta, I said, I don't Twitter. You got to do a song of madness. No, I don't Twitter. I won't. I refuse. And she's like, I'm like, it's too toxic. It's crazy. Like, I can't keep up. And mm. like every there's the feed is just yes. so big. <laughs> it's insane. The Twitter. And like, I know, you know, we don't we definitely don't do this for the money. We do it just to do it. <laughs> we do it for fun. But I understand um, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys know. But so I I started Twittering and now here I am like every eight, eight in the morning. When are they going to drop that damn poll? When are they going to drop that damn poll? Come on, <laughs> drop the poll. Where are you? <laughs> Let's go. But Which um, our eight in the morning is usually like everyone's <laughs> 10. Yes. 
Yeah. But I'm waiting from my eight till your ten. So I'll just let you know, like I'm waiting. We're we're all waiting. And just just for the record, uh, I'm I'm the same boat on a song of madness because Matt posts them, and so I'm also waiting. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? I want to see the reactions. And, We've been and waiting for looking behind Matt the curtain, like it all depends on uh, <laughs> on Matt whether like. the kids throw a fit or whether yeah, when we get the kids off <laughs> yeah. to school. Last year was tough because it was well, last two years because it was um, it was like virtual learning and stuff. So it was like yeah. getting them oh settled and doing their schoolwork, and then I could sit down at the computer. But um, this year, yeah. I'm going to be front and center for a lot of it, right? Because you're going to be you're going to be in New York, right? I'll be in New York for like four days. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. It won't be I can too bad. Four days. Yeah. I can run the show for four days. I, I can make it. Well, I appreciate doing it. Doing anything with kids is like, <laughs> it's, it's it impossible. It multiplies the difficulty by. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like even taking a shower sometimes with kids. You're like, yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> the kid didn't die while I was in here. That's success. Forgot to wash my hair. Oh, well. All right. Shall we jump in? Let's yes, jump let's in. Go. All right. <laughs> I want to talk some Cersei. All right. We got chapter 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 summary part one coming at you. Go ahead, Matt. Alluring eyes can get the guys with promises, lies, then cast aside. Can't she be the man she thinks her family needs? One brother she hates, with the other she mates. Those debts can she repay? Cersei Lannister. Angry. Cersei is angry. Angry enough to wish a lashing storm against her own son's royal wedding to the upstart Tyrell daughter, Marjorie. Her second such experience of wedding a son to this same girl in the past two months. She's angry enough to take it out on her servant. Tighter. Clinch it tighter, you simpering little fool, she said to Jocelyn Swift. As much as Cersei was still in mourning for Joffrey, and as loath as she was to do it, the wedding had to continue. Stannis was still out there, the Riverlands in open revolt, and the Ironborn an ever-present threat to the Navy. She needed the Tyrells. So instead, Cersei focused her intensity on keeping Tommen safe. Jamie stood before her, certain that Tommen would be safe. They had men watching the food be prepared. They had a food taster for everything Tommen would eat. Maester Balabar was equipped with antidotes, and Jamie had the finest knights in Westeros guarding Tommen as well. But Cersei is less convinced... The specter of, of Tyrion hovers around every corner. She is even worried about the wedding night itself, insisting that Jamie stay in the bedroom to guard Tommen on his wedding night. Jamie protests, of course, but she demands it. Yeah, and Cersei hadn't wanted to allow them to share a bed, period. Tommen was much too young to consummate anyway, and we all know how much uh, Cersei trusts the Tyrells. But tradition wins out that only for their wedding night, Tommen could and would stay in the bed with Marjorie and her cousins. Jamie then asks if Cersei still intends to burn the Tower of the Hand. Wait, what? Yeah, Cersei is going to burn <laughs> down the Tower of the Hand. It does nothing but remind her of her father's death. And besides, might be hiding more conspirators in many secret tunnels. Jamie tries to reassure her that Tyrion is not in there. His men have made the tower's secret passageways a shell, knocking down walls and exploring passageways. They found a lot of interesting stuff, more on that later, but they found no Tyrion. 
He warns that the fire could spread too, a last ditch attempt to try to sway her away from burning down the tower. But Cersei is resolute, the only part of the evening she was planning to enjoy. And besides, Lord Helen of the Paramancer's Guild has assured her it can be controlled. Let all of King's Landing see the flames. It will be a lesson to our enemies. Now you sound like Ares, Jamie replies. And they trade incestuous sibling barbs back and forth, and Jamie departs. And Cersei is left to wonder how she could have ever loved this man. He's become a stranger to her. Everyone ready for a wedding? Well, no, not really. It is a muted affair. The Tyrells eschewed another big expensive wedding after the purple one, and Cersei herself was in no mood for a big party either. So only around a hundred people gathered for the nuptials. It all went fine. It's fine. They said the words, the cloak thingy with the onyx and gold Baratheon stag draping Marjorie's shoulders. But Cersei, in the black of morning, was a mess. The whole thing was a disrespectful mistake. A betrothal should have sufficed. The guests seemed intent to continue her awful evening. Sir Craig Hall referring to her as the old queen. Rosby coughing all over her hand, and Pycelle did his best to encourage her by adding that she had gained a daughter. Ugh. You, have, you just have ever one of those days? Let me tell you. Cersei does pull it together enough to try and do some ruling, inquiring about her uncle's plans to return to the Riverlands for his own son, Lancel's, wedding. She even requests that Kevin and Lancel root out Beric Dondarrion and the Hound, who appears to have joined Dondarrion's gang. They're still wreaking havoc in the Riverlands. But Kevin is having none of it. Throwing the request back in her face, his servants at Casterly Rock was denied. Surely he could be no help here either. And besides, he replies, when a dog goes bad, the fault lies within his master. No help will be coming from Kevin. Cersei seeks out someone else she can abuse. Ah, Jamie. She blames him for this whole affair, but Jamie reminds her it was necessary. And if she can just get through it, the Tyrells will soon be out of her hair. Elena back home, Mace to Storm's End, and Garland to his new kid at Brightwater. The wedding lumbers on. Plain fare, meager entertainment, and scant music were all arranged by Lady Allery Hightower, as Cersei had no appetite to do it again. Cersei's gaze fell upon Lady Elena and was swept back to Maggie the Frog's tent. The old crone sucking the blood from her finger in the words, Until there comes another younger, more beautiful to cast you down and take all that you hold dear. Ooh, I just got the willies. Cersei studies Marjorie and admits her to be pretty enough. I mean, as far like like a peasant girl can be pretty. But only a fool would dare suggest Marjorie was more beautiful than she. Her thoughts are interrupted by the toasts. To the king and queen, Mace booms. To both our queens, Paxter Redwine adds. 
to the young queen and the old. Great. Just perfect. Ugh. It's just one of those days for Cersei. When you don't, when you don't want to wake up. What, how does it go it with this kit? It's just Everything one of them days sucks. where everybody wakes up. Everybody sucks. Everybody wants a full. What? Yeah. You can't say that word. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Fred Durst, baby. The voice of a generation. <laughs> we are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We so how uncomfortable is it in this day and age to read about Lord Rosby coughing on Cersei's fingers? Does that just give you <laughs> like it did for me? It's like, it's like blood. <laughs> like it it's, really it's, is. It's like worse because it's blood. It's like he just, he just gave her a, a good old dose of COVID. But, it, is, mm. it is weird. You know, I've talked about that before, Matt, where it just feels, even just watching old, old shows, like before COVID was even a thing, before... We had all this crazy stuff with people modifying their behavior for the pandemic and everything where you just watch old shows where they're just so tight and close together. And it's just like alarming. Yeah. Read, need reading, to back up, reading about just being coughed all over is the worst. <laughs> and Maggie, the frog sucking on Cersei's yeah. fingers with her gums. What are gummy, you doing? Uh, with her gums. <laughs> you didn't even put any, any antibiotic stuff on there first. <laughs> I hope well, that's, that's how witchcraft works. You need some blood. Blood magic. You need some blood and some COVID, Ugh. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Maggie gumming all over Cersei's fingers is gross. But... I'm not yeah, one for signs, but that half-formed chick in the egg. Yeah, tell me about that. What do you that, guys think? That should have been a sign for, for that's... the no good, very bad day that's about to come. <laughs> definitely, definitely a sign. I mean, chicken eggs are super fragile as it is, and broken eggs i looked it up earlier they symbolize failed expectations failure unfulfilled mm. dreams and broken plans and a bad definitely a bad omen of things to come and i love how she's just like f it give me wine let's yeah. go <laughs> yeah, exactly. she's like let me There's let me put on my this. my little like uh war yeah the football face yeah yeah she's just embracing smile. the chaos at that point like all right, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be a day where I just drink all day. But That's what the chaos that she creates, I kind of feel like I can't deny that I don't feel. She's one of those people that flirts with lines, and she likes to push her limits and see how much she can get away with, especially with Jamie and how she's treating Jamie at these points, and she's. You know, that's a, we'll get into this a little later, but like that's just one of those things that show her character that she's willing to push. And then she gets mad that people don't want to respect her in return, but she doesn't know how because she's trying to act like her father. So. Who she hates. <laughs> yeah. Who and she right. hates and because she's not. <laughs> and envies, yes. It's a catch yeah. 22 yeah. there. Yeah, it's a mess. Hates, wants to be all of the above. Yeah, it's crazy. And she's crazy enough to burn down this tower. So that's, you know, I, not to spoil her. I really like what you said there, Mandy, about, you know, the, the egg and the unfulfilled dreams and, and things. Mm -hmm. This is, it, it really it really could be, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think too much about it, Matt. You said, tell me what you think about it. But I, I hadn't really thought much about it other than as a joke to make. But mm. it really could be seen as a symbol for the Lannister kind of regime. Like they had this dream that this is going to be this long lasting thing. And here we have this, this egg with a half formed chick and that half formed chick maybe is 
you know, the Lannister rule in general. Right. It's Cut not, off early. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's, it's not gonna solidify. It's not gonna come come to fruition. So in the previous chapter, she she does a great job of pushing Kevin away, and she had already set into motion some efforts to do that, <clears throat> naming lesser Lannisters in, in high positions, Warden of the West and Castellan of Casterly Rock. I think it was Davin and Damian Lannister. And then, of course, um, he refused to be hand and all of that stuff. Do you think that if Kevin could have stayed in King's Landing, maybe accepted the position of Hand of the King, whether he got Cersei to go back to Casterly Rock or not. Do you think they could have salvaged some of that Lannister steadiness and rule? Not that things were too steady, but do you think they could have salvaged some stuff with Kevin around? Maybe. That's a far-reaching question. Uh, you know, we see... Maybe a what episode? Maybe a what episode. We see in the chapter following this one, we see... Um, you know, the results of some things that happen in this chapter about her surrounding herself with different people. And, you know, if Kevin were around, he wouldn't have let her do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they could have kept reasonable people on the small council that weren't just yes men. And maybe they could have turned this thing around, but uh, I don't know. It just, it feels, it feels like Mr. Momentum is not, not really on their side at this point. Also, I, I would think... quibble that Davin Lannister is not a lesser Lannister than Kevin Davin. He is one of the best. He's such a bro <laughs> Lannister. I love yeah. him. I Sorry, would Mandy, think that for time it would work, but then there would become another. <laughs> but there mm. would definitely be. Um, no, I, I don't think so personally, because I think that, you know, that's part of her resentment towards Jamie is that Jamie was the fighter, proud Lannister. You know, he could fight and then now he has nothing. He has a, a golden hand and a knob and she doesn't know Jamie anymore, which, you know, for someone who's from the womb, who's so in love with each other like her and Jamie, for her to say in this chapter that she doesn't know him. And I mean, this is my, it's a little later, maybe, but um, that she just is disgusted by him and that. It, it kind of tells me that the Lannister house is... And then she fears Tyrion will be coming up from the floorboards. Her father <laughs> is dead. You know, yeah. she is the only one who can politically rule other than Tyrion. But most people don't agree with her on political sense and ruling. And, and I don't think that, you know, even if Kevin did stay, I don't think that it would end well because Cersei would just find some way or something that would make her mad and then could try to manipulate the situation to her to her balance to, to her being and showing her power and the queen because she's obsessed with showing power at this point and keeping it paranoia mm -hmm. the paranoia of keeping her power and with this beautiful young girl marrying her husband who could actually take over rain till her husband is of age you know she's She's definitely going through the paranoia stage, and I don't think that anything beyond this is healthier. Period. And, and we see chapter? it's and we see and we see it's not <laughs> beyond this chapter for her. Period. But anyway. Yeah, I I, I agree with so much <laughs> what you said. So, uh, you know, we'll probably talk more about the burning of the tower later and what it means to her, but. Um, she gets th this whole chapter. She's basically a mess until those last few pages where she kind of this this thing kind of helps clear cleanse her right. And we'll get like I said, we'll get more into it later. But I agree with you. I think she feels like things are going to get better, but it's it's actually 
kind of rock bottom. This chapter is kind of it's it's rock bottom, and she's just convinced herself that it, that it isn't almost. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. She's. Uh, hmm. I mean, the blame she places everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You forced me into this travesty of a wedding, she says to Mace Tyrell. I blame you for all this, she says to Jamie. <laughs> what she does to Jocelyn Swift, the quote is, so Jocelyn must needs eat the meal Cersei would sooner have served to Marjorie Tyrell. Yeah. It's just deflection everywhere, like Mandy mentioned. Then it's um Tyrion has become this gremlin to her at this point he's mm-hmm. under the floor he's running around everywhere uh, a magical vi- gremlin yeah a magical gremlin like, yeah yeah all powerful forget the and fact she, that you know, everything stuck, has been a husk she's stuck on the fact that she's she's the queen you know it doesn't matter to the young queen and the old queen so it doesn't matter if she's still the queen and so she knows that Marjorie is being controlled by Elena and I mean, she's just going crazy in this chapter, and I love that. That's why I picked this one. Well, actually, Christina picked this one, but we picked it because it was the madness leading up to the madness. So that was. There's so much madness going on. I love it. I I think you know. And there's so many shallow things. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, so there's so many shallow throws into by Lady Elena that are like super passive aggressive <laughs> totally, ba- beyond totally passive doing. aggressive they're and aggressive she aggressive calls it out <laughs> yeah. but oh, and so um for those of that don't know the stannis had just let out the letter about um about tommen and and marcella not being true baratheons and that um lady elena says well Oh, you want you want them to wear the cloak that your mother, the Lannister cloaks? No, you know, in my day, the man wore, or the woman wore the wife's, the man's cloak, and she said, you know, we can be sure that you're the mother that we can be sure of, and like throwing all these lines at her are just like knock me in the face, and there was another yeah. story too, she says later on. She and Cersei are going at it for sure. Cersei also just throws back, you know, she, they're talking about Marjorie and the cousins, you know, sleeping in the bed together and sharing secrets. And Cersei's like, how delightful. Let them continue in the maiden vault. And just like <laughs> that. And then Elena comes right back at her. Like, they are not veiling any of this in front of great. anyone. It's lovely. It is lovely. fantastic. It is so much fun to read. And you know what Elena's doing. She's yeah. trying, first of all, to reinforce to Cersei that, Cersei, you're not as powerful as you think you are. You want everything to go your way? Well, I'm going to needle at you. And she's doing it a little bit by little bit. I'm going to get this little win of getting Marjorie and Tommen to share their first night together. Boom. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm going to make have, sure that we're wearing the Baratheon cloak. <laughs> I gotcha. They have the cousins there. And think about that. You're you're like an, an eight or nine howlers, eight or nine. But he's like surrounded by all these beautiful like teenage girls who are like, dance with me next. Dance with me next. Like Mega, Alana, Olga. Or something like that. But I mean, they're all just beautiful, like Marjorie type, you know, Tyrells. <laughs> and so, so they're all Thomas. hungry. Yeah, they're <laughs> her little ravens. And then we have like the whole thing about um, sharing with with Cersei that one of her that uh, 
Pysel, or sorry, Cyril, what's her name? Sunel. Sunel was not faithful. So she's getting, there we are, in, you know, installing paranoia. But yeah. I mean, poor, poor Tommen just being swallowed alive by these Tyrell girls. Like, quote unquote, poor Tommen. Yeah, yeah poor Tommen. <laughs> what? I mean, what would you do? I mean, so... I would be like, Tyrell, yeah, let's I'd be go. Like, How's Tyrell? I'm in. I, We're I feel like is so. I love this family. He's so innocent that I don't think he knows at all no, what's he happening. Doesn't. This is he doesn't just know great. at all. He's yeah. like friends. He Lovely. loves the attention. More friends. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's in such a toxic, dysfunctional family yeah. that he's actually getting this taste of attention, and yeah. it's got to feel great. But um, you I think the... Elena. Oh, I was just going to say the other thing Elena wants to do besides take Cersei down a few notches, I think is to just stoke that insanity. Everybody sees it. Cersei thinks that she's holding it together and putting on this stoic face in public and everything. She's not. Everybody knows what's happening. I think we'll get into it in the next block of chapters where she sees everyone whispering off to the sides and stuff. Everyone can see what's going on with her. And I think Olena's just poking the bear, trying to get her to make a mistake and to get her to make it publicly. Uh, and Marjorie's are, doing it too. Oh, uh, they're all, it's coming from everywhere. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're all just, just like, let's let her dig her own grave. Let's and, just poke, 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 poke until she digs her own grave and we have reason to get her out. And, and that's her behavior. That's what she does. She pushes the limit. Oh, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, back to your Baratheon cloak thing real quick, Matt. You know, Cersei kind of takes umbrage to that. And it's like, the more the more we give them, the more they, they, they take, take from us or demand. Uh-huh. It's like, well, what, like, like, what should they demand? They're marrying the Baratheon name. They're marrying to be, you know, the queen of, of the kingdoms, right? Like, they don't, why would they want a Lannister cloak? This doesn't make any sense at all. Like, they're not taking that from you. That's just the way things work. That's how it goes. It's it's inane. But I do I do want to talk real quick about the paranoia and the fact that everyone's pushing on her all the time. And you know, she's awful at times. Um, we all I think know that. Uh, you know, not not a good person to others. But like, let's not forget she lost her child six weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. It is not, you know. That happened on the first day of the year 300 and this is roughly a month and a half later and so like is she a wreck yeah you're goddamn right she's a wreck she probably should i'd be a mess right now she's got all of these other stresses and this um you know these uh this uh maggie the frog situation that's been preying on her brain for decades that is now kind of seemingly coming home to roost while she's mourning her son and being forced to like perform for all these people and and keep it all together like i i really feel for her in this chapter that i don't think i sensed it the first times i read it as much as now like how quick that turnaround really was for her and how she's just dealing with grief real grief and like i don't think she can be expected to hold it all together and olena and the others are just preying on that right Absolutely. And I think, and and who am I to cast stones? Because uh, I think all of us do this, but she, Cersei won't allow herself to grieve properly yeah. is the thing. And yeah, she doesn't have to do all the things that she's trying to do. 
and she's putting herself in tough situations. She's so paranoid about surrounding herself with her people that she's neglecting to surround herself with the right people. Kevin Lannister, you know, for, for you know all the bad things we could say about Kevin Lannister, he could help keep that st ship steady for her. And the guys that he suggested that she bring in, you know, Randall Tarley for as awful a human as he is, he could help steady the ship. Rowan, Matt, Matthias or Mathis Rowan, by all mm -hmm. accounts, he could help steady the ship. But she's putting herself in these awful situations because she feels she needs to be Tywin. And, yeah, she's grieving, but I think help is there if, if she would take it. Which is a problem a lot of us have when we're grieving, to be honest with you. A lot of us, when we're in situations of grief or, or stress, we, we tend to take too much on ourselves. So I can't falter too much for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but at this point, myself. she has really, too. like, burst everyone's bubbles, and she has, you know, made everyone or treated everyone like crap, so she's paranoid <laughs> because of that, and, um, yeah, I mean, it does really suck that she lost, like, it, it, the turnaround time is ridiculous, like, and she says that, you know, with Marjorie later on in the chapter that, you know, she's just happy and just wanted to be the queen. She's wearing the same dress and it's like nothing changed and it doesn't matter who it yeah. is as long as she's the king. And it's true, you know, Marjorie went from, <laughs> she, she, she hopped ship real quick, you know, so. And I <laughs> love also, the whole what question. What did Cersei expect though too? It's like, yeah. she didn't really even know Joff. And she, well, Marjorie even says that at some point, like I barely knew him, but I still pray for him. I still miss him. Like, what did she yeah. expect? But that's what it is with power. And, um, you know, they need the reach. They need the food. They, the soldiers, I don't know how much they need that, but they definitely need the food there. So, and the money. And that's what part of this is about. And uh, we know from history that the reach is always one of those people to last grab wherever they think is going to win or go whatever is best for them. So they're, you know, they're going from all angles and definitely attacking her in ways but like, you know, not, not, they're passive aggressive ways, but things that should actually be honored from king to queen or family to family when you're embracing a marriage. So, but mm -hmm. it's just a lot for her at that time totally. because she is grieving. Yeah, absolutely. The one and only person who grieves Joffrey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. but, it, but it, it's more than just the grief, too, because it, it's also this prophecy and, and all this stuff that she she thinks in her head. It's like it wasn't just Joffrey. This is the start of everything. Tommen's next. Priscilla's after that. I'm after that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all coming. And so it's more than just grief. It's also, yeah, I mean, we keep using the word paranoia, and it is, but also, like, it's very real to her. This is not just some... I'm looking and seeing some weird signs. This is something she's believed for decades is coming for her. So it's, yeah. it's, it's all compounding. And I need to walk back some of my statements made in previous episodes, right? Where I've talked about how Cersei, you know, she hides uh, behind caring for her children as really it's her just worried about herself. And I think we see in this chapter that yes, she is worried about herself and she is worried about how she looks. But there is legitimate, as you said, Scad, mourning for, for Joffrey. Legitimate concern for, for Tommen. Um, is the coughing scene, is his little choking scene in the next section? 
Uh, yes, it is. yes, I think it is. Yeah, at the very beginning of it. But but uh, we do see that she truly does care for these kids and that that prophecy scad where he says, uh, a younger and more beautiful to cast you down and take all that you hold dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's really starting to worry about that, especially with Marcella not being around yeah. as well. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about the stuff they find in the... Uh in the tower as they're knocking walls down and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, I do. And I want to talk about the tower. It's just the stuff, the fact that we're burning all of Tyrion's things makes me want to cry. <laughs> like I'm like, stuff. I'm, like, can you imagine what was in there? I mean, yeah. like it's a real, like it's a real thing, you know, it's like the tower of Babylon. Like, I don't know, but I just, to me, like, I was just like, Oh, all of these, you know, fancy vest like all these fancy tapestries all these books all these learning things and yes she just leaves them on there and then there's like two little boys who are lost in there as well as knights and they she doesn't care she's like let's burn it all yeah. and mm-hmm. and then the the hold that goes nowhere and i guess that there was like a place where Possibly they did sacrifices. And remember, like, the old Valyrians were still representing the old gods. So they did, like, maybe they did sacrifices to the old gods through the blood sacrifices. Who knows? You're talking about the bones and skulls and stuff? Yeah, yeah. There's so much in there. I figured figured those were the bodies, maybe, of the people that that built it. Because Mager had them killed, remember? He murdered them all. And it said something about them being interned below the keep. So I thought maybe it was just oh, maybe that's that what too. those were, but I I don't I know like whether how like how long do bones just like last? I don't know. They, they last still be. a long, it's been very long years. time. Depending on well, depending on what is preserved around, you know, the fossilization can go quicker and faster. Like salt water will deny it, but like if you're preserved around sedimentary rock, then you're good. I'm so. really excited about how much you know about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was an anthropology major, and I was forensic. Okay. I was okay. a forensic anthropology major, actually, my first major in school. But oh, I get our friendly anthropology major. Yeah. Yay! I love that. <laughs> nice. So. Any other ideas about these things? We also had four sacks of tarnished silver coins that they wanted oh. to make sure that we knew about, and so yeah. cool from the first from the fr- from Aegon the first, right? Yes, Viserys. or Viserys, Viserys the first. Yeah. Viserys yeah. first, okay. But they were Which I can't like even remember now year... when that was. They were like 300 years old or something like that. That was like, wow, yeah. that, that there was a whole thing of gold in there. But like, you wonder when George is writing these things, like, is he just like, oh, yeah, I'll throw in some silver? Or is, was he like, are all of these things really referencing something in history that we're supposed to go dig up? Or is he just like, ah, oh, I'll throw him for a loop by putting something that's meaningless in here. Such a troll. Yeah. I think it's just like elaborating just how extensive that place really was because yeah, that's we fair. see like, you know, with with Ned Stark there, we see like they have their own kitchen and they have their own places and they have all these rooms and the rooms for their nights and we have they have a lot of um, secret passageways. What's which I wonder, you know, like led to the black cells. So if like Ned Stark knew that, you're like, dude, you could have led yourself out of the black cells. Like, I don't know. That was to me. I was like, come on, Ned. Come on, where mm. you at? And then, and then they say that they had all these like secret Tyrion uh, or not, uh, not Tyrion, Tywin um, whore 
passages that they say um, I've heard rumors of. And then there, there were also so many um, just places you could go and let, ended up to nowhere and then they were there. And I, it's just, it, I think it helps to say how immense it was of a structure. Yeah, huge. And, and also, <laughs> yeah, I'll, like, it, it's hard for me to even imagine, like, the structure of a place that is a functional building and yet also has all these secret passageways and stuff through it. It's like it needs to be a functional weight-supporting building, but it's also filled with chasms and other places. And it's almost like, uh, um, I don't the know. catacombs. Narnia maybe like when you, you walk through the gate and it's way bigger inside it's like it's almost like it's magical in a way but uh, it, it did mm-hmm. you know the whole idea of burning this thing down you mentioned Alterian stuff like people lived there like did she just did she have some form of moving program to like get people out of the tower of the hand like oh, they were baking bread and doing all sorts of kitcheny things in there like there's there's whole things that happened in that building and it just strikes me as such a such a one percenter thing to do. Like, I'm just gonna burn this down because I feel like it. It's like uh, how much how much it affects everyone else. Was it Bill Gates that they had to move that big landmark in France or whatever so his yacht could pass oh, through geez. or whatever? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Money, man. Money. <laughs> or Bezos, one of those two guys. Oh, it was Bezos, I think. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It's yeah. one of those two guys. Um, yeah, I guys, I love Amazon. I hate that I love it, but man, <laughs> yeah. Well, we have we have a Dragons on Prime <laughs> little commercial. I just want to throw that out there. So oh, what? Ooh, check that out. <laughs> we have a Dragons, Dragons on Prime kind of funny commercial oh. that we did. Yeah, <laughs> I'll check that one out. Shits and giggles. <laughs> it's very short. So about the Tyrells, um. I read stuff about people calling them like conniving and mm-hmm. how like slimy they are and stuff. But what in the context of, of everyone in Westeros, what are the Tyrells doing right now? That's particularly wrong. Like, yes, they're legitimately trying to marry into the Royal family. What is wrong or conniving about that? Like, do we have any reason to suspect like corruption will reign once they take over or something along those lines? Like what are the Tyrells like being slimy about yeah it it's max in support of your point instead of answering your question uh it almost like that even more please support my point (laughs) it it smacks maybe a little bit of like classism people really don't like the fact that they used to be poors and now they're (laughs) and and now they're not right they've been (laughs) jumped and they're they're now these mighty mega lords and you can't find you got lord you got lorded good for you you can't rule now over stay us. there be, be stay grateful for there what you have. work at it for a few hundred years and then then maybe we'll talk about you know whatever i think it's it smacks a little bit of classism kind of stuff to me right. i um see I, I i disagree i don't think they're slimy i think that they have worked very hard and that they pro- provide a huge food production beyond that and they're just doing what anybody else would do and they're doing it with smiles on their face and with grace i mean they are taking advantage maybe they were slimy in the war of the five kings when they stood back that i might say 
But a lady, Red Wine, has taken over the Tyrell family, and she has made it into a whole new concept since then. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, she has she has the power. So Lady Elena has it. And I think that she is making the most of what she's got. And that's the same with Marjorie, and that's the same with Loris, and that they are all reaching up and getting promoted, and through all these little promotions and through all these little things that they need, like whether it be food or workers or war, that they are taking it advantage and they're getting bigger and bigger. That's just, you know, they're monopolizing on the situation, which is what anyone would do. Yeah. In, in story, in story, I get why other people feel that way about what they're doing. And you, you mentioned Mandy, they do it with a <laughs> smile on their face. That's probably part of it too. Like stop being so smug about everything. Yes. <laughs> you're succeeding. Good job. Stop being so smug. So like in story, I can see why people think that. But Matt, I think part of your question was like, the fandom also seems to think of the Tyrells that way. Whereas like some of them, I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear it all the time, like, ah, oh, the Tyrells aren't trustworthy, and they're, you know, they're clawing, grasping, you know. Okay, I, that's not really how Fine. I see them at all. Yeah. They're they they give. Hard. I mean, yeah. look at the yeah. times where Marjorie stops and shares with the poor, and they they do certain things like that. And a lot of it is public for public gain, it's and you know, performative, make a, make a name. Yeah. But still, they're totally. doing it. Whereas they're playing like, the game. They're giving yeah. something to somebody. They're doing something. Yeah. So they're not burning down someone's you know quarters in yeah. the Tower of the Hand, <laughs> right? Like now, now, now we, we you know they're when we talk about game. slimy and conniving, they did assassinate a king um a an awful king but they did assassinate a king um that's true allegedly <laughs> that's true uh one one that you everyone know, not that mother's okay but one, one that was going to wreck their daughter right yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah oh i don't blame them at all for doing it yeah but, yeah but, you know it happened me neither so i mean we gotta put that little note if, in there <laughs> if marjorie were my daughter and that would happen to be my situation mm-hmm. I would totally do the same thing. Yep. Yeah, I think the worst thing you can say about them is they're playing the game like everybody else and they're doing well at it. And they're doing well. And people, like you said, Mandy, people are being fed because of it. And they're being passed. things are happening. They're waiting until last minute to really make, you know, solid moves and backups. And, like, they're not attacking people. They're just hanging back and, you know, going and, uh, you know, reforming, adapting how they can. Yep. It also seems like they kind of got lucky. Like Marjorie, Loris, and Garland <laughs> seem like absolute studs. Like they're just uh, making it work. You're and, forgetting somebody. Well, uh, we don't know much about. I'm like Cersei. There. We don't know much like about Cersei. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, that's a, it's a fair comparison. Compare it to the compare it to the children. They're younger, but compare it to the children the Lannisters have. None mm, of them. They're not. Exactly. They're not like, selling it stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody Almond's uses good at what cats. works. <laughs> Everyone uses what works for them. It might be looks. It might be smarts. It might be you know something else. But everyone uses what works for them. I'm just saying I don't think the Lannister kids have a lot that works for them. No, that's all I'm we've, saying. Really. We've talked about it before. How it's just crazy that there's these four really well put together kids in Willis, Garland, Loras, and Marjorie. With and Mace Tyrell is their dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love the shut up, shut up, Mace. The adults are talking. 
my favorite line. <laughs> yeah, we... these like great kids, well put together, polite. <laughs> Each of them are super talented in their own regard, good looking. Like they would have totally been the popular kids at high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's. I love how also Cer- Cersei gets jealous because uh, Marjorie and Loras look more like twins than her own twin. So she's getting yeah. mad about that, and oh, like how's like kind of shallow, but yet character revealing revealing is that of her. Totally, it's like it's like uh, sometimes you have to like work to push the buttons. She's just like throwing all her buttons out there for everyone to push. <laughs> just, just go push. ahead, <laughs> just push whatever buttons you want. They're available to you. <laughs> Maybe I'll do Cersei. Loosen up my buttons, baby. <laughs> Go on pushing all my buttons, baby. You know I want to play the wheel of games, baby. Love it. Okay, song idea, writing it down. Um, Do do either of you have an opinion on the whole Maggie the Frog prophecy and if Marjorie is indeed the one more beautiful? That will cast her down and take all that she holds dear? Feels too obvious. But, right. but every time I answer a question like that with feels too obvious, it's like, well, George wrote these decades ago before we all analyzed the crap out of everything. <laughs> analyzed the crap so, out of them waiting for the next book. So I don't know. It's, it seems too obvious to me. It seems like there will be something something else. Personally, I, I, I think always like Deniz- the idea of Arya. Go ahead. It's Denizel Targaryen, if you ask me, like in the mm. roundabout way. Mm-hmm. There's a theory somewhere out there. I don't know how, but connects it. <laughs> Either that or Varys. I don't know. He is beautiful. Everyone is, is in their own way. Um, but I don't think that Marjorie is it. I think that Marjorie is enough to drive her crazy though to the point. But I I mean I want it to be Daenerys, obviously. But we'll see. It it's it we've talked about self fulfilling prophecy a lot, uh, on this cast, Matt, and you know, whether Marjorie is or isn't, if Cersei makes it true, then she is. <laughs> right? Like if yeah. if Cersei makes such bad decisions trying to make sure Marjorie isn't the the one that, that does it and then ends up, you know, boiling herself in the in the water herself by being crazy, well, then I all like of a sudden that. Marjorie I like is that too. I like that too, man. I know yeah. it's a kind of crazy theory, but like I thought once and it's super tinfoil, which I love tinfoil theories, but I, I just kind of thought once, like, what if what if Cersei ends up having another girl, like, even though Maggie the Prophet said that she won it, but she ends up having another one, and that's the one that casts her down as her own daughter, because mm. more beautiful, and Oof, comes and takes yeah. everything dear to her, because when you think about a kid, like, they take your whole heart, like, they take everything from you. So that's you true. never know. Like, I don't know, maybe that's a... A hopeful fantasy someday for, well, it's, for the, my Cersei lovers that want her redemption to come and for her to live happily ever after. But it's I an interesting idea. Happen. I think Maggie said I can't remember the prophecy exactly, but I think Maggie says she'll have three kids only. Yeah, that's what Mandy's saying. Is it? But yeah, that would be. In... So if they, she had another one, then Maggie would have been wrong about that part at least. But, but what about maybe says, three at once? Like maybe because now that her other ones are dead, she has another one. Oh, oh maybe that's true. And there you go. And if that one, yeah, there you go. Yeah, like or fill that more. third slot. Yeah, we opened up a spot. We don't know. You three. know. Yeah. Gold shall be their heads, and gold shall be their shrouds. It says. Uh, so they'll all die. Those three. But you're right. Maybe there's a fourth one coming or something. 
I want her spot. and Jamie to like run away to, you know, the aisles and love each other forever and have more babies. Have oh man, I feel like that ship has sailed with Jamie though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he loves I, uh, her I like. He really does, man and boy. <laughs> I think he does um, love her, but I don't think he. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Not loves her as a sister, maybe at this point. But not as the way he loved her as a sister before. Oh boy, oh boy. I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. Um, this is complicated. It's all fine. This is, this is all very complicated. Love, it's complicated. Love is so complicated. Why you gotta Super. go making things so complicated? complicated. Um, I like all those. I like Daenerys fits. I, I I like the idea of it being a self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, one that I would started thinking about, and I'm sure there's theories out there. Is it being Brienne? You know, one more beautiful mm. and with the constant reference to Brienne, the beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Jamie's whole arc kind of adjusts after he meets Brienne. And that really starts a lot of things in motion with House Lannister. And so uh, I wonder about Brienne as well being that one. I'm an, Ar- I'm an Arya fanboy. I like the Arya idea. Cersei mm-hmm. is still on Arya's list. And we know that Arya finds herself to be beautiful, but... Uh, that she also looks like Lyanna, who people held in great great esteem for her beauty. So I like I've always liked the Arya angle as well. Arya, yeah. The hound you said, Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but never mind. She's not queen, Ooh. but he is a val well we well Valencar means younger brother, sister. It's not yeah. gender, so yeah, I, th- I think she sometimes but seems maybe like she queen, mixes those yeah. two together also. The younger, more beautiful like the but queen... also the Valencar and like, exactly like they could be two different people I, I mean i think we're meant to believe they are but they well i, I don't know could go, but could go i don't know ways. either but of course cersei just goes to the hot or not list right like yeah just like it's it's should just, i burn you or not everyone she just sees she's like is she more hot than i am Mm, no she's not so it can't be her <laughs> so so what does she have to worry about then? I wish it would be funny if someone made like a cersei's ratings or something like a, a each totally. person 7.5 uh, like a star cersei rankings. rankings yeah it's true it's true it'd be funny cersei's the only perfect 10 we know that well and then there's a point where she rate she references the one guy that looks like Gregor. Um, yes. Yeah. And I love that because you see Waters. that she's still in that like kind of stuck headstrong dream yes. of her being the dragon and riding dragons and that fantasy of her being the queen. And even now where she's not the queen anymore or she's literally being replaced, she's still thinking about like that fantasy that she's had since childhood, which, you know, she's not letting go easily, is she? She can't let go of the prophecy from her past, and she can't get go let go of her own ideals from the past either. She still mm. wants those same things. Yeah. And then She's Jamie over there. here is like maturing and seeing all these things in a new light, and those, that's why they're clashing so much. Is she still it's stuck in this childish behavior? Oh, totally. And she she mentions in the chapter. I don't have the quote written down, but you'll remember it. It's where she says like all your you lost all your intelligence when you lost your hand or mm-hmm. something your like hand, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, it's the exact opposite. That's mm-hmm. when Jamie had a bit of an awakening or an enlightenment yeah. was mm-hmm. uh, at that point. So it's interesting. When you don't have your best I... tool, you learn to use other ones. Word. 
But yeah, I'm sure that was a very humbling experience. And for a lot of people, when you get um, sick or go through situations like that where you lose people with her and um, losing a son, you know, you start to be humbled in life by different things or you start to go down the deep end with paranoia. So we see that twins that were very much similar now on opposite trails. One is being humbled and one is going down the paranoia. So yeah. it's really, and then them That's being, you know, point. soul mates, womb mates, twin mates. And we get so much like, you know, reference to them being the mates and they're just the mm-hmm. only people who equal each other out. And now we have this yin and yang thing happening between them. And yeah, story arcs. It's balancing thing. Good point. Very much. Yeah. Um, you got more you got for this section? I, yeah. I think most of my notes have been kind of covered off. Yeah, we can we can move on. Good talk. Good talk. Indeed. I say we I say we get to know Mandy a little <laughs> Let's more. Let's get to know Mandy. Yeah. So so you've kind of introduced yourself a little throughout this, which has been great. But tell us a little more about you. Who are you? What drives you? What do you do? Who's Mandy? Not just lip I'm ringer a, Mandy, but Mandy. Yeah. I'm a simple man. Simple man. <laughs> Um, no, I'm um, I'm from Michigan, so I know a lot of cool people that you've had oh, on here yeah. from Michigan. I know your several. last recent your last recent guest said that he was a Michigan or Flor- Floridian, yeah. and that was yeah. me too. I moved to Florida. I lived in oh, Miami nice. for the past like 15 years. Now I live in Houston. Um, oh. I am currently a mom, and I'm in taking advantage of that time. So that's why I love Cersei so much because, like, when I first started reading this. I was like, I hate this bit. <laughs> I hate this bia. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know what am I allowed to say here, but um, oh, I was just not like I was like she's terrible. <laughs> she's a very she's a very terrible person. But now, like as a mom, I see the sacrifice and like it's really hard totally. because you really self sacrifice. But um, I'm self sacrificing and staying home. But normally, what I do is I work in the fashion and event industry, and I've done wedding mm-hmm. event design, and um, I do like marketing promotions and fashion shows. And I did a lot of that in Miami for Miami Swim Week. Um, I actually like I have I don't sew that much. I'm not that great at it, but I'm more of a um, putting together like visual window displays and things like that. Like my dad moved, works oh, on movie cool. sets. Um, I've done sets like background sets and uh, sets for window displays for stores. Um, I worked like with anthropology for a little bit. Like they have really crazy displays. And then I like to use a lot of art and recycled materials. So like right now as a stay-at-home mom, I use my extra time to do things like lip ringers, uh, which for me is a hobby uh, video editing. And every lip ringers video I do, I try to incorporate something new and some sort of talent that I can learn and make sure that I am... you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses because media is so crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, everything I learned evolving. from marketing, you know, from my college years are completely different now because it's more interactive in social media marketing. But um, I do, you know, I do a little bit. I'm a jackie of all sorts and I have a lot of traits. Um, I'm not the best at anything, but I like to have fun and mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, all of it will equal up. I'm not sure what that will be yet. I'm still taking advantage, but I know in the next two years, I'll be going back to work and figuring out what I'm going to do. But right now, I am focusing on trying to learn more about editing and sound production. 
Um, I volunteer at my church with the audiovisual team, and so I've learned a lot about directing there and able to use like the big machinery, which that's really that's cool, great. and it's been humbling actually. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing. A, that's what I do, and you know, a kid takes up a lot of life, but I'm the one that gets them on the bus and gets them off. And I'm oh, a PTO mom. I actually just ran the Valentine's dance last night. It was <laughs> you fabulous. Did. You, t- you mentioned that you were playing. Yeah, that. there were there were over Yay, 200 people there. It. it was it was crazy. I did not expect to be that packed. I like I might ha- I might have COVID now. <laughs> like who knows? But it was packed and it was yeah. a really huge. It was huge and successful. It was a great well, event. Good. So um I'm like, you know, my kid's in pre-K, but I'm already... Yeah, like, I was going to say, your kid is young. I was going to say, are teaching them to dance pre-K? He's like going he, to dance. Oh, my kid is like... He, first off, we have matching light-up glow shoes, and we wore them together, but my kid is the party. Like, I thought I was the party. He's like me times four. Wherever he goes, he, like, we're our own parties. But um, uh-huh. he came, and it was fun, and it was just uh, like... As a pre-K, they're already asking me to be on the board next year, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> but I, right. I don't know if I want to get that in deep with it. We'll see. <laughs> but that's kind it's of a, my life it's a right bit now. Of a, it's a bit of a sell your soul thing sometimes with those, yeah, those things. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little <laughs> bit kind of like the Tyrells. S- they're just gonna keep <laughs> yeah. asking for more. They're just gonna I'm keep asking for more Mandy. Selling my soul, and I'm volunteering a lot, but it's also been really good um, staying at home, mom. But the volunteering yeah. has been like helping me heal as a person and grow and seeing new perspectives. And I really like it because it, I get um, introduced to many people and things and opportunities. But you know, eventually, when my kid is bigger and I can go back to work, I will be going back probably to Nima Marcus, which I used to work at. Um, they awesome. have a withstanding invitation with, for me to go back. So that's wonderful. I it's love great. hearing that that you know a lot of, and I think I did this when my kids were really young. You kind of lose yourself in them a little bit, and you forget about you, which is noble. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I love to see that you. Disp- I mean, in addition to being an awesome mom, um, you are still working on you. Whether yeah. through the volunteer work and through just self improvement, you've kept your needle learning skills. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, it, your compass is it, still pointing in the right direction. It helps me because I mean, being a mom and having a kid like really changes your whole persona and your whole identity, and you kind of realize what is important and what's not, and where you're gonna go. And you know, the future awaits me, and I'm kind of open to opportunity. Um, I love to collab and I love to just, you know, see wherever life leads me and where the wind, I'm kind of where the wind blows me. And I um, have met so many wonderful people who support and I can ask for support. So it's a good thing for me kind of right now being freelance and able to just go with the flow. Um, And then I believe that, you know, whatever I'm meant to be doing will show itself to me in the next two years, hopefully. We'll see. Sure, it will. And my, my, neuro- before... my neurotic, my neuroses wouldn't allow me to take that approach, but I think it's awesome that you can. We admire like those that a very, can. A very, a very like free spirit kind of approach to life. I, love I am. It. Yeah, I could never yeah. Do it, I play, but I love it. I mean, like, I don't play 
guitar is good as Matt, but I do like I've been teaching myself guitar and music theory oh, cool. and um, trying to learn more about the programs and just everything I do. I take it as a learning experience, whether it's gardening. And I don't think that there's anything. I don't think failure is a thing. I think there's you learn like you can fail, but you learn from it. So you just try again. It was, you know, option one. OK, next example. Number two, <laughs> let's see if this works. And you know, go from yeah, there because I try out. not to stay negative um, and just keep a positive approach and just take life for what it is and be in the moment and learn and, you know, take take it by its stride because when you get too focused on the future, you end up being paranoid like Cersei. <laughs> but if you, um, you know, I try not to be too free spirit because it's kind of hard with a five-year-old. But, <laughs> you know, like... Um, we do our thing. Like I try to just teach and, and encourage. And one of the things about me, I will tell you, and I hope that they say at my funeral, is like that I was amused and I helped to inspire people to be the best that they can be. Cause I like to see everyone for that. And I see a lot of times potential in people, even when they don't see themselves and I love to bring it out in them. So, um, yeah, that's kind I of sense that about you. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So, <laughs> And may I just Thanks. say real quick, I love that you were an anthropology major who also worked <laughs> at anthropology. <laughs> it's true, but they're totally different references. I know. Yes. Yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. For a minute, I thought you were talking about like anthropology displays in museums. The store. I'm like, oh, no, oh. no. She means the I've store. done both. I've done G -I -E. both. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I have worked. Have. Um, I have worked displays of museums and I worked for the Adrian Arts Center in Miami um, and I also helped do a lot of fashion shows set up production of like fashion history historical shows they used to have oh, a lot nice. of them throughout Miami and like these beautiful I mean I've seen these one-of-a-kind beautiful designs you know from designers from the 50s 60s and just in museums and I helped set up the mannequins and the displays so I've done a lot of all that yeah. I feel like we'd have a harder time finding something you haven't had your hands in probably than, probably than just throwing because out a guess like, and have... honestly like i my first job ever was stripping tobacco in indiana and i made like under the table eight dollars an hour and i was eight years old like and i was there with like you know <laughs> but we fantastic. did it and then, yeah amazing. I, I worked at Cold Stone Creamery where they would tip you and you'd have to sing an ice cream song. And I'd be like, Cold Stone, here at Cold Stone, we're a scooper duper family. <laughs> you know, we, but um, I've I've done bartending. I've done dancing. I've done I've done everything. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. That's fantastic. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about fandom. Have Do you? Do you belong to any other fandoms besides yes. Song of Ice and Fire? Yes, I do. Um, so I actually um, I broadcast with a friend of mine called Faith Fire. She does Curse and Britannica, or Britannia, and uh, we also it's um, Faith Fire at social media, and we talk a lot about Arthurian lore. Um, she's really the main person who does videos, but she has me on her chats, and we just kind of talk and. You know, I can talk a lot, so it works out. But um, <laughs> we actually got some notif we got notifications that the showrunners actually watch our podcast, so that was really cool because we were well, that's not cool. like we we have like eight people who watch us, like it's nothing. <laughs> but one of them happened to be one of the showrunners, so we were like, yes, that's and, amazing, that's amazing. Yeah, 
And then I was getting into I'm real time actually. Um, I'm getting into it now, and mm. I love Star Wars. Like I've been born and raised Star Wars since for my life. And uh, wrestling, like one of my friends Steve, rest he has one of the world's greatest wrestling collections. But I like um Star Wars as well. Like my uncle has in his basement this huge room that's just full of old Star Wars toys, like from cool. since he was a little boy, oh, like their man. originals. I mean, they're really cool. So, and we have um, a lot of that. And I love anything Disney. Um, I don't know. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. I'm a huge Sailor Moony. Moon. Sailor Moon. <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting stuff. Zelda. Oh, I love Zelda. Anything Legend of Zelda. I'm like, my dogs are Link and Zelda. Um, I dressed up. Christine and I went to uh, Dragon Con this year, and and I was Impa, and she was uh, Princess Zelda, and we had Charles, our friend like Chelsea's Link. Yeah, so that Impa thing, I made drunk as hell at like 4 a.m. <laughs> the night before. Um, but that's another story for, you know, private time. <laughs> but it was just ridiculous, and I have foot, video footage, and I'm pretending to be a French designer. I am like, I am a French designer. And this is Dragon Con. <laughs> Feel my fire. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really stupid. <laughs> but there's there's footage there. So um, maybe it it'll exists. be released. It's yeah. out there. Well, you've told us a little bit about Litbringers. But uh, tell, tell us about the name and any other, you yeah. know, the idea. Tell, give us a little more info onto this this passion project. Okay, um, so it started off, like I said, with Christina and I. We were sending each other. Well, first off, we met at Con of Thrones, and we kept inter, like, passing each other by but talking to each other. We were in cosplay every time. So every time we didn't know it was us again the next day, we didn't know we were talking oh. to the same person. <laughs> till, the, till the end, it's really funny because at the end, we were at a party, and, like, people, her and I both rap, and she, like, kind of raps, and she does um, – so they were like, oh, wait, you're the girl that raps? I'm like, yeah, but they were talking about her and then vice versa. Like she kept hearing about another girl that rapped because I had a rap battle with like my Uber driver. It's I think Melanie Lot 7 has on film. I'm not sure, but it's pretty epic. But um, so I kept wanting to rap battle every Uber driver we had. I was like, yo, do you rap battle? Let's go. <laughs> like, I, they just I would not have rap. thought that, that the Uber drivers... <laughs> would frequently would be rap battles. Yeah, some of them were like awesome, man. Thread. Some of them were awesome, but we had fun. And um, so we met each other last night at Con, and then I asked her, like, you know, we started talking. It took us 30 minutes before we realized who each other was. We're like, wait, you were the girl who was the werewolf? You were the girl who was the light-up thing? Oh, my gosh. And then so and then we realized that we had met, like, four times. Then what's even freakier is we realized we grew up right down the street from, like, not too long. Like, we're from the same hood. You know what I mean? Like, her oh, dad lives, lived, like, right down the street from my aunt. Um, R.I.P. both of them from now. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway, um, we grew up both of Michigan and then we just like became best friends. And so we started tweeting each other and texting each other and like all these song ideas and Lizzo lyrics and parodies. So then finally, when a song of madness came about, she's like, you got to get Twitter. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you have to get Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, good advice. I know. I will. Good advice. You were right. So we do you it. Ready. You were 100% right. So we do it. But like I said, I only Twitter for you guys. So and like anybody who knows me or Thank I you. talk to, they all know that like I'm only really reachable around this time of year. 
but um <laughs> so we so we started twittering and my first one was the cal drago one i don't know if you all remember it but it was like I just the two of us yeah. <laughs> but it was just ridiculous so um so we started doing this and you know we're like lit bringers and lit bringers came from um I, you know, I was just smoking a joint and I was like, it's my lit bringer. So light bringer, no lit bringer. Yeah, that's where it came from. So I'm just going to call myself out there on that. But drugs are bad. Okay. 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 Drugs are bad. Okay. Oh, drugs are bad. Ghost Chase Killer is listening but, to this right now, just nodding his yes. head slowly. <laughs> but then we just kind of kept like that. That became my theme. I was like, the lit bringers, let's be lit. Everything's lit. So... Uh, we started this thing, and we knew that everyone was rapping the year before, but then nobody was rapping when we started yeah, rapping, which, we had that which I'm rap sad about. Going. Like, that I, I wish a lot of people would <laughs> would continue or, you know, like, we support it all or join us or whatever. Like, just email me. We'll make something. But, um, yeah, we just started doing it and having fun, and it was COVID, the beginning of it. Yeah. It was perfect timing. We were missing Ice and Fire Con, and, and it kind of all just worked out. And it gave us a chance for us to outlet our spirits because we're all like, you know, a lot of us are doc like some one of us is a doctor, lawyers. Like we like we have, you know, real life jobs, families, things to do. But our geekiness needed an outlet, so we found Lip Bringers, and now we're doing. It's so crazy because actually, I have I haven't even met half of our group in person yet, but I work right. with them so closely on a regular basis, and I have not physically met them. So I'm going to finally physically meet them at uh, an ice ice and fire con, which I'm so excited about, and um. They're just wonderful people, and it's it's great that you can find through the fandom people who agree with you and are on like the same kind of. It's very hard to follow a game, a song of ice and fire, and and all the books and everything, and you know it takes a lot of patience and dedication, and it's a fandom. So when you find someone who's on that intellectual level and able to have these conversations with you and just like these ideas and go with your weird fandom, like idiocracy. Sometimes I do like the tinfoil. Other times I do, you know, just funny songs. But when you're finding people to encourage it, that's what helps. And that's what does oh, totally. it. And it keeps us all in a good mood and keeps us all going. And, you know, just we support each other in so many great ways now. And they're, well, they've grown to be some of my really great friends. Well said. Yeah, you've kind of, you've kind of answered said. the next question we had on the list yeah. already with kind of how, yeah. how it came about. But, um, you know, I think I just I, I know the bringers has become a huge part of, of A Song of Madness. And so thanks <laughs> right. for thanks for doing that. We, we look forward to seeing more. Um, you know, I, there are, there are people that think it's the best part of a song on madness. I've seen that comment more than more than once. So I can't disagree with that. Well, we're only cool because of you guys, and we totally jumped on and piggybacked the ride. That how Tyrell of me. I, I, <laughs> I mean, we're, it's it's fandom though, right? I mean, that's what this yeah, that's is. What it's mm -hmm. finding all those yeah. ways to connect and. I mean, that's one of the reasons we started doing this Meet this Cal Meet the Kalisar series on the podcast was to give a voice to maybe those that wanted to to amplify the voice of those that that wanted to be amplified a little bit or were willing to be amplified a little bit. And I'm glad that A Song of Madness is also facilitating some of that. I'm I'm glad that we lift up and support each other as a as a Kalisar. That's important. Yeah, very much. Yeah, totally. Well, what's what's something what's something in your life that you're proud of, Mandy? 
am I proud of? Um, you know, I think that everything leads to something, whether I'm proud of it or not. Like, I think that every mm. moment has, you know, its moment and de- defines part of my character, whether I took it or not, what did I learn from my failures, what I learned from my, you know, successions. And um, I-, I would just say that I'm proud of, one, my son, and then also I'm just proud of me uh, just sticking through it. There's been times, you know, like as an artist, you, you have ups and downs, and then I actually... Um, long story short i uh went through i almost died like three times for cancer stuff i beat oh, cancer man. and it's like a whole nother story like i don't want to get like too crazy about it but i'm really <laughs> proud of that and i'm really proud of my attitude from it since then because i really realize what is um you know, just to enjoy what you have and to have happiness in your life and day to day, just be very thankful because you learn through your suffering and endurance and you learn through your strife and you learn through your emotions and working them out. And, you know, I've been, I've been an idiot a lot of times. Like I will tell you, I have been there, done that probably I'm way more than I should admit, but I've learned so much and grew up so much from it. And, you know, I was smart sometimes, sometimes not so smart. And, you know, everything has made me to who I am. So I wouldn't change it. Like, no regrets, you know? No regrets. No regrets. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we're proud of you, too. That's awesome. Thanks. Throw out a Thanks. recommendation for us, Mandy a book, a band, a movie, a TV show, uh, something you think people need to know about that maybe don't. Um, <laughs> cursed <laughs> by Faith Iron. Cursed. No, I, I yeah, that's, I just have to throw out my girlfriend there. Um, I would say a band like I'm into like I have a huge record collection. I have over 800 records, but I love the Edgar oh, Winter boy. Band. Um, and that's one of my quotes at the end. But you know what? Let me say. Let me say because he through fighting cancer, like that was one of my um, songs. And it's called, there's one song called "Dying to Live." And it says, why am I fighting to live if I'm just living to fight? Why am I trying to see when there ain't nothing in sight? Why am I trying to give when no one gives me a try? Why am I dying to live if I'm just living to die? And, like, for me, that was, like, a huge uh, thing. Edgar Winter, like, he has, I mean, he has some really cool, like, 70s music if you're into it. um, And then... I guess I'll, I'll save my other quote for when we sign off, but, um, that was one of them. And I love, uh, Oh, I would say, um, one of, uh, uh die Antwerd, the Antwerd, if anyone has ever heard of them, the Antwerd, the Antwerd, but it's, it's spelt die D I E Antwerd. Oh. They're a South African band. And they have created their own music called Zef Music, Z-E-F. So, but they're like rappers to electronic <laughs> You're speaking mass bass. language now. They're rappers to electronic bass. And they are, like, I've seen them live four times. And they only play for about an hour, but they are the most hype. Like, they do not stop. They're full energy. It's like the Antwoord. Oh, yeah. And then they have... Um, their MC, who's like, he's got the PC computer man, and they're from South Africa, so they represent South Africa. And then Lady Gaga even asked them to go on a show with them, and they're like, 
F you, Lady Gaga. We're not going to go into your <laughs> pop stuff, which makes it even better. And then they yep, made a whole like pic. Then they made a, a whole parody about, like, like you'll see the main character. Her, her name's Yolani Besser. There's a picture of her taking a crap with a freaking Eminem shirt and a giant joint in her hand. And she's like, like, ever since I saw that picture, I'm like, that's. That's the inner Mandy that needs to come out, that wants to come out, that can't come out. Like the Marjorie Tyrell smiling. Well, that's the that's the other side of Mandy. But she's just they were in um that movie Chappie with the robots. I don't know if y'all okay. remember that. Oh, okay, I remember the movie vaguely. Yeah, I didn't see it. But, but there's a South African band, and they're just I mean they're so unique, and their style is just out there, and their art art. Like they're super artsy with their music videos. They do their own style. They call it Zef music. They've been around for a while now. I mean, at least maybe fifteen yeah, years. Maybe but two thousand eight. Yeah, like I've I've been I've been with them since about then, to be honest. So they were one of the wow. first bands. I I thought I was just so amazed how original they were, and their lyrics are very um. They're kind of hard to understand at first, but I just. I love it. I love it. Yolandi Vesser is the inner dark Mandy trying to come out. <laughs> well, Mandy, this might be a first in 121 episodes that anyone has brought up a musical act that Matt was not familiar with. Oh, no I think way. it's the first time I've heard it. I've, yeah, not heard of them. You're... I'm looking forward to checking them out, but I wrote it down here. I'm looking at them on D-I-E- the right A-N- now. Yeah, D-I-E-A-N-T-W-O-O-R-D. Yeah, we'll link to the it Antwerp. in the this episode. The so. Antwerp man, South Africa. That's how they represent. They're so cool. They're so cool, man. <laughs> and then they have D- DJ High Tech on the com- PC computer. The PC computer. That's how they say. DJ High Tech Apple. on the PC computer. <laughs> well, South Africa, Just I mean, so they do know, what they have. PC. And they're, fr- they're from the hood in South Africa. They're like from the ghetto and they, they rep it. And they just, uh, even though all their videos, they have themselves rolling around and like they haven't, it, it, they're like brands. I mean, I, you just got to check them out. I, I'm not want to spoil for anyone. South Africa. Yeah. So let's get back to, uh, let's get back to the chapter a little bit. You've talked a little bit already that, Christina was involved in picking this, but what's what's your reason for loving this chapter? Why, why did you pick it? Well, I I won't lie. Like she, she, I asked her. I told her to be honest. I have so many chapters that I could have picked, but I mm-hmm. was trying to um, see which one she wanted to pick. But we picked Cersei because we do Cersei Hour, which is like with our wines. And mm-hmm. actually, from the con, I after I met at that party, I'd asked her to go to breakfast the next day, but we're like, no, we might miss our planes. Then all the planes were delayed, and so we ended up in the airport. We ordered a bottle of wine and we ended up having lunch and brunch in the airport the next day anyway. Yes. And so we were like, Cersei hour. And we just had wine and, um, you know, drank over her and said that we love her. We don't understand why everyone hates her. (laughs) But um, that's why we picked this chapter. And then we wanted to... you lead up to the madness, you know, kind of we thought it was appropriate for the timing of a song of madness. So very, very it's coming. Yeah. Well, should we dive into the second set part of this chapter? I would oh, love yeah. to. Let's do the Get summary. Summary part two. Yeah. Mandy, we're kicking this one off with you. After the disaster toast, Cersei just pushed the food around her plate and tried to convince herself that Tommen was safe. <laughs> 
She was nearly convinced until Tommen choked and she flung people aside to reach him. Only a little wine that went down the wrong way, Marjorie insists, admonishing Tommen to take smaller sips. I'm sorry, mother. <laughs> the tears were about to flow and Cersei couldn't believe, couldn't be seen crying, so she fled the scene to an abandoned hallway. But as she gathers herself, she is interrupted by a beautiful olive-skinned woman with an accent from the East, Lord Merryweather's wife. And for her part, Lady Merryweather consoles Cersei, brushing off the tears and stating that, you know, she'd cry on her son's wedding day as well. But she also uh, consoles her with some news of treachery. Cersei's maid, Sinel, is spying on Cersei for Marjorie. Yeah, Meriwether gives her details on how she can confirm this on the morrow by having her followed. Cersei's suspicions are raised by this is news as the Meriwethers are sworn to Highgarden, but the lady insists that her loyalty is to the safety of her husband and son, not the Tyrells. KG, okay. So Cersei promises reward if this information turns out to be true. The woman then compliments her beauty, smiles, and goes back to the feast. Cersei follows shortly thereafter and finds Jamie watching over Tommen from afar. She complains again that the wedding was a mistake. Again, Jamie must reassure her that it was necessary. But all Cersei can do is survey the room and realize that there is no one there she can trust. She will need to protect Tommen by surrounding them with people of her own choosing. And with the feast ending, the dancing begins. Tommen doing his level best, but struggling. Jamie asks Cersei to dance. She declines cruelly and turns down everyone else that even offers. She focuses on the wine instead, drinking heavily. The wine fuels her suspicions as she watches the characters of this farce of a wedding. Pass the time with dancing and conversation. Every interaction... A chance at betrayal. She rises. Lords and ladies, if you will be so good as to come outside with me, we shall light a candle to celebrate the union of Highgarden and Casterly Rock and the new age of peace and plenty for our seven kingdoms. So, there they are. All hundred or so, standing outside in the cold, when Cersei gives the order. Arrows of fire stream toward the tower. They impact in the night dozens of pots of wildfire and barrels of pitch. The Tower of the Hand goes up in a whoosh. Red, yellow, orange, and green light engulf the tower. And the heat coming off the tower was palpable. It was beautiful, Cersei thought. The scene was filled with exclamations of excitement, gasps of fear. And bets for how long the tower would last as it growed, groaned under the dancing green flames. They are, mother. Look, they're dancing, Tommen shouts. But one tires of such things and Lady Olena before the others, it appears. Shooing the married couple off to bed, Olena retires. Cersei asking Jamie to take the young couple to their bed. Not Cersei, though. She locks arms with the kettle black. Osmond, I think and watches. The wildfire was cleansing her, burning away all her rage and fear, filling her with resolve. 
and that's the end of the chapter and as as the podcast's resident kettle black expert i can confirm it was osmond sked no good i'm glad i'm glad i guessed right (laughs) fucking minions I don't know. I can't remember like what I had for breakfast this morning, but somehow the cattle kettle blacks, I've got them all down. Osmond, Osney, uh, Osfried. I got them down, man. I have no idea. I, I Osney's the one with the scar, right? Osney's the one with the scar. He's the youngest brother. Yeah. Kind of. I think I know on that one. I, Osmond and Osford though. No. Clue. Osmond is, uh, is, uh, Kingsguard. Osfried is city watch or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. I would have I to like guys. a song on Isopedia it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's just Matt's done that so many times that now it's burned in, into his brain. Yeah. I forget yeah. more than I'll ever remember, but somehow the kettle blacks are just there for me. Should we talk about uh Taina Merriweather real quick? I would love to talk about her. So I've always kind of thought that she was definitely working for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, the that, faces that men. Fine. <gasps> could be, could could be. So and Cersei's, you know, I think right to suspect at first as she does, but you know, we know kind of she gets over it later. She basically tr- seems to trust Taina completely later in this book. How how do you guys think this is going to play out? It's not going to play out good. I mean, for Cersei or for Ta- Taina? Oh, Taina. Both. Yeah. Both. I mean, both. But Taina first, then Cersei. I don't think Cersei's going to let, let that slide or let things slide. Oh, my gosh. She's going to claim it power, so- do whatever she can. Yeah, it is such a uh, you are playing with fire big time. Um, what Tana's doing right now if she is working for somebody else because if Cersei finds out oh yeah. man she is D-E-D yeah uh, do you think do you think she foil. is because tinfoil is she Jack and Hagar <laughs> oh of course of course <laughs> everyone is they all and are course. they all are yeah all she she seems to kind of like I wonder if we can take this claim at face value that she's just She's backing Cersei. Thinks she thinks Cersei's the right horse she to back, is. and so she's giving her information and trying to get on her side, and thinks that she can parlay that into into growth and safety for her house, maybe. But she doesn't ever. There's lots of opportunities for her to betray Cersei, and she never does it. Even when Cersei gets arrested, Tyena flees with her mm-hmm. husband back to Long Table where they live, so that she can't uh, she can't be interviewed and give up secrets about things that Cersei's told her. So she's if she was ever going to turn on her, she's playing the real long game about it. Yeah, that's a great point. I And I think that that can't be discounted, that she's just, that you can take her at face value. I like the idea of her maybe being an agent for Varys, mm. where she's not necessarily trying to betray Cersei, but she is participating in Varys's whole narrative of sowing chaos, chaos. to pave the way mm-hmm. for Aegon, you know? Um, she is the one, Tana is the one that tells Cersei about the, 
Lady Olena using the chest full of old Gardener King coins mm-hmm. yep. that match the one that was found in Rugen's cell uh, after they were searching it. Um, she's the one that tells her about Marjorie Tyrell not being a virgin. She drops hints that Marjorie and Loris might be involved in an incestuous affair. Uh, all of that stuff plants the idea Blue Bard. She's the one that plants that idea that, that Marjorie's having a sexual relationship with him. Uh, so there's all those things that aren't necessarily incriminating, but are definitely participating in Cersei's paranoia and fueling that fire and keeping that stuff go that, that TMZ drama consistently going on in the kingdom. So it's either Varys or Littlefinger. Somebody always works Orza on one of their sides. I mean, it's just <laughs> how it is. Like, and I agree with you. I, I think she probably is working, and that's why she gets that out of there quick, and she's able to protect herself to some sort of extent. Like, that's a Varys move, where I think Littlefinger move is more killing people, except for Sansa, <laughs> because he loves Sansa, you know? But, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Good point about it being a very Varys move. What were you going to say, Skad? Well, I'm, I'm just thinking about that, because I, I agree it's, it is a very Varys move kind of what we were talking about on a personal level before she's got a kid and a husband that's not playing along with all of this and that makes it way harder right to like Mm -hmm. succeed at this having a kid makes everything take five times longer remember we said that earlier uh makes it harder so it's it's definitely interesting there is yeah yeah, we're not not even possible uh (laughs) but it's interesting you have that kind of like eastern connection right Varys from you know from essos and yeah, uh, yeah, you know she has connections there. She mentions, uh, I don't even remember if it's this chapter or one of the other ones, but she mentions having having connections to lots of people in Essos mm-hmm. that that she can use those connections to help find Tyrion, maybe right. So right. she's 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 connected. She could be connected through Varys through that way. I kind of like that idea. So it's nice. I was only going to say, Matt, to your point about you know all these things that she's kind of doing to sow chaos. They are sowing chaos. They yep. also are generally kind of helpful for Cersei unless she's like trying to entrap her some way by like noting all of these things that she's doing but we just haven't seen her use that yet so I'm just I always I always just assumed Taina was was working for somebody else but I'm looking at it and I'm like seems like she's always helping Cersei with everything she does yeah. even if it's risky and you know Good maybe point. seems a little manipulative now now we don't see what she's telling Marjorie though too no no we don't yeah yeah so there could be some helpful information that's being fed that way. Need that Marjorie POV that we're never going to get. Mm. Love to have her POV. She's one I'd most like to have. Any insights into the Tyrells? Yeah, we know you want Willis's POV. We know. Oh. We know. <laughs> you just want him to stare down at his pants and give his opinion on. Oh wait, so they have that the Ossifer Plum, the Ossifer Plum comment. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. Forget off. Did we, did we skip that? Yeah. <laughs> we just skipped that one, but I we have to throw it. that out there because Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard the story. The rumor is around the realm that he has a six foot, you know what? Yes. Yeah. And I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> I I hope it's, for it's the in sake my notes. That's not true. It's like a tail at that point. It's more than in your notes, it's everywhere if it's really that big. But I <laughs> But I love it because she's like, Oscar Plum was dead and had a kid too, you know. So she's so yeah. like, 
dropping these names like that yeah theoretically he died at the site of i think it was elena yeah elena that he he married he was married um and he died at the site of her uh nakedness and then i guess she fucked him anyway and 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 had and and got pregnant from it that's the story right a lot of people don't really believe that yeah what yeah, he... they think it's the it's a a Targaryen baby, right? Yeah, right. egg on the fourth, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I I know I know a guy I know a girl that no no was no was egg on the fourth genuine uh, or too generous. I know a girl that randed randed her husband. She uh he died mid coitus. Oh, Randed. I was like, Randed? Miranda Royce. Miranda Royce killed her husband okay. with sex as well. I was like, In addition Randed? to Elena. I was like, Randed? I didn't understand it either. <laughs> well, this is new. Miranda, Miranda Royce. I'm interested. You have my attention. Wow. Well, all I know is that if, it, if my husband and I don't work now, is that I'm going to have like old men husbands, like five of them. And I'm going to be that old woman <laughs> sitting in Boynton Beach, Florida, with like a, you know, housemaid, chef, everything, and live off all of their inheritances. Don't judge. Live off of them. That's it's not a, a dream. It's not an awful idea. It's not it's a an dream. awful idea. Yes. It's, it's a dream. <laughs> I've, yeah, like, you know, I've been there, done that with the marriage and kids. It's not as great as I hoped it to be. So let's <laughs> <move on. laughs> I mean, he's only five, and I still got to 18. <laughs> so. 13 years. It, it goes. It goes fast. It will start to fly for you yeah. if it hasn't already. Yeah. Um, yeah, six foot. That's six foot. Six foot member. He's <laughs> got, uh, Competing with Torment. For, if I uh, ever get a horse, I'm gonna name him Ossifer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Del- yeah. We should delete that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in there. That stands. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Late nights. You guys want to talk about the tower coming down? Oh my gosh. No, I just want to cry because of all Tyrion's amazing books. I just think about it, and I know it's not real, but it's real to me. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I, I mentioned before. I mean, it, it feels like she's getting, she's like getting her groove back, right? As this tower kind of cleanses her as she <laughs> thinks about it, and it's gonna kind of allow her to rebirth her herself, right? In, in King's Landing and rule in a different way. Uh, because really the rest of this chapter yeah. really looks like she's about to crash and burn, right? Like, she's yeah. just paranoid, crying, drinking, doesn't trust anybody, and then you get these last two pages that are like, no, no, she's she's going to be fine. She's empowered and she's ready to tackle this. And yet we also know that it doesn't go well for her. Yeah, that's really interesting imagery. You know, in, in Christianity, it's referred to a lot, the baptism of fire, which would be like mm. a cleansing by the Holy Spirit or, you know, different groups believe different things. But it, it's it's kind of a, a rebirth type thing. And uh, yeah, I love that imagery that you chose. And, and as you said, it doesn't go incredibly well for her. But at least in that moment, she's feeling good about things. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she gets her I mean, overconfidence have... back. 
Go ahead, sorry, man. You have the Phoenix, you have witch, you know, witchcraft, you have things that you just like burn and in all different sorts of religions, even real lore, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I think that this was her just showing she has control still, still claiming that she's the queen and be like, oh, by the way, and, and helping to induce fear through them. But what I liked about it is that, like, Marjorie, like, you can see the fear on Tommen's face, but then Marjorie, like, whispers in his ear mm-hmm. a secret, gets him laughing again, and gets back control of whatever, and you see that. That's so but, true. Like, That's a power is... move by Marjorie, And then you it? see, yeah, and but you see, like, also people, you know, shouting and saying, hey, yeah, okay, on to a new kingdom. And she wants to build a new kingdom. She wishes she could build the Atlantis port, which I think is the... You know, funniest thing, but she knows she can't. But it's just like her one moment to think that she can control something. And yeah. that's the only thing she can control. And it's it makes sense that like, hey, my dad was murdered there. Let me burn, burn it down like goodbye. Like totally. and then I love that that she has a moment of thinking how many hands have lived there and how much history it had and before she burns it. And then she just says, like, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to build a new castle. Like, I can do this. Which is very Targaryen of her, which is one of my other tinfoils that her and Jamie are Targaryen. So, I love mm, that one. Of course. The heiress. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, you know, the, the Marjorie thing, uh, I, like, she doesn't need to like make Tom unhappy. She doesn't need to console him. She doesn't need sure. to like yeah. make sure he's not scared. Like she, she's, she's queen now, right? Like she's, she's there. The but rings she, on it. Yeah. The rings on it. Like, I, I don't, but, but the like we should give her credit. Like, huh? The consummation has to happen. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. But that's, but even so, that's not going to happen regardless of whether she's nice to him right now. I just think, I think there's some goodness in Marjorie. That's just, I, I'm not saying she doesn't have other motives and stuff too, and, and other things going on playing the game or whatever, but like, I think she just really kind of likes Tom and, yeah. and she's, you know, like this kid is this poor kid. Like, let me make him laugh. Let me take care of him a little bit. Like, I agree with Joffrey, you. Tommen. Jo- I totally yeah, agree with you. Yeah, of course she's a lot better with Tommen. She's like, he's a and- cute little guy. Like, it's almost like yeah. a little brother type relationship yeah. rather than a husband. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm not saying they... all her motives are pure, but like, it seems like she's just kind of looking out for the kid to me. No, Marjorie's being Marjorie and she's being, she's doing what she has been taught to do all of her life was to make babies, be the next queen, make the king feel that he's the best person in the world and, you know, learn her place as a queen. And she has been very well taught on, on those actions, on how to say, on how, what to say, and what to do to whisper secrets to, you know, their, their shared secrets under the blankets with her. And she, her brother, like, she's been very well taught the entire time. And it's not manipulative. It's just what she has to do to maintain that position. And that mm. is her role. That's expected of her. She has to have class. She has to have grace and elegance, as well as support her husband as the king. And that's what you do as a queen. And it's I just a that. side I... benefit that she gets to turn the screws on Cersei every time she oh, totally. in Tommen's ear. I, I wonder, mm-hmm. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that, Mandy, until you brought it up. And I love it. Um, because whether she was meaning to or not, 
she reasserted her power. The stuff we talked about with Elena Tyrell earlier of just like poking Cersei. Mm -hmm. She did it right there again. It's like, yeah, you're getting what you want. We're all out here in the cold watching you burn down this tower. But guess who has your son's ear? I do. And Mm -hmm. that's such a power move, whether she intended to or not. Maybe she wasn't even thinking about that in that moment. Maybe she was just thinking of making Tommen smile. I don't know. But yeah, she it, probably was just thinking about making time because that's what she was trained and taught and everything mm-hmm. that her life led up to, you know, like you have to think of all of her ladies in waiting and all of her, you know, classes and things and dresses and everything she wore, even in the show and whatever, you know, they made it seem that she knew what she was doing. And obviously mm-hmm. the red wine family you don't mess with and Elena is like the master of it all. It's so fascinating. She uh, she definitely is, Marjorie's definitely turning the screws as well with the wine incident. And I do have a word of the day. The first time in a long time. Oh, here we go. The return of the, the return word, of the, word of, of, the of the day. This is not wordle, people. This is a word of the day. The word yeah. is sarcizure. <laughs> it's not a seizure. It's just a little wine that went down the wrong pipe. That's the definition. The Sarah seizure. Oh, yeah. So Tommen had a Sarah seizure. Yeah. Oh, that happens all the time to me. Oh, Mandy's had a Sarah seizure, and then now you know. Now, now you can the know what to call you it. Know, you can diagnose it's just a little, it. Yeah. Just a little liquid that went down the wrong pipe. Sarah seizure. You know, we could we could put that on Wikipedia if you wanted to. We probably you can put anything have. on Wikipedia. Yeah, I Mike know. That's the point. We have so many words of the day. We could, yeah, we could have a well, wiki we, just of our words of the day. If Wikipedia fails, there's also the like the the Ale Song of Ice and Fire one, and then there's also um, what is the slang one? There's a slang the urban urban dictionary. Can, yeah, urbandictionary.com. So that one you can always put something on. So yeah, yeah, we should put ours on there. Yeah. I love Urban Dictionary. I just get on there and have fun and like I love Google's random words and be like what the hell comes up and laugh at today's society. But it's definitely keeping me young. I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. Okay. Right. Right. (laughs) Um it's interesting to track the similarities and you mentioned that you have the tinfoil of Cersei and Jamie perhaps being Lannisters. It's interesting to track that uh, Cersei's similarities with Ares and, you know, obviously with the wildfire and the paranoia mm-hmm. and things like that, she's starting to look an awful lot like King Ares. Um, yeah. And there's, in fact, there's a little thing pointed out here. I just, as I was reading into this thread of similarities with Ares, I was just investigating a little bit online and seeing what's on Reddit and such. So I can't attribute this little find to myself. I did find this from somebody else, and I didn't write down who it was, unfortunately. Um, in true Davos Fingers fashion. In true Davos Fingers <laughs> fashion. We're not attributing the way we should, but I'm not taking credit for it. Uh, there's that quote in there she, where she says, after the war, I mean to build a new palace beyond the river, right? Um, she had dreamed of it the night before last, a magnificent white castle surrounded by woods and gardens, long leagues from the stinks and noise of King's Landing. Um in the World of Ice and Fire book, it says in the chapter about Ares II, in 265 AC, offended by the stink of King's Landing, Ares spoke of building a white city entirely of marble <laughs> on the south bank of the Blackwater Rush. 
I thought it sounded familiar. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Total call out. Yeah. I totally wanted really, us to make like, that connection. I really wanted, when I first got into the show, I really was like into that. Tyrion is a Targaryen theory because of the mm-hmm. dragons and him like, you know, touching mm-hmm. them and getting it and dreaming a dragon. But then when I read it in the books, I'm like, no, I want Jamie and Cersei, and Cersei. to be Lannister. Yeah, I, wa- I, I think that that would be the most perfect thing because it just suits them and like everything you see with her and her you know it's dragon dreams it's dra- it's dragon non-stop and she always wanted that with her you know to marry Rhaegar and then now she's doing like all the things that just are so mm-hmm. Targaryen you know but yeah. when you flip when you flip a coin Cersei's one side Jamie's the other <laughs> that's you true know? That's a good point. I yeah, like the, that. The Thematically, ag- that's cool. The arguments against both Tyrion and, and Jamie and Cersei, you know, being in a lot, a lot of them that I see are, you know, like, mm-hmm. they're so much like Tywin. It's better if they're Tywins, you know, like, that, that whole family sure. dynamic works. But I think it can go, bo- go both ways. You get nature and nurture, right? So Cersei very much displaying some uh, nature sides that are very much like Aerys and like Aerys. Other, other Targaryens, well, perhaps, in history. But she's raised by Tywin. She's Tywin's creature as well just as Tyrion is and just as Jamie is to some degree. And so they get that from being around him all the time and, and being, you know, being his kids that he raised. But well they said. get their nature maybe from from the Targaryen line. I, I think well go said. both ways. Yeah. But she did bring up Ossifer Plum, who could be, have been the Targaryen too, you know? Like, she, there's like all these little Easter eggs in there mm-hmm. that you might overpassed but kind of fit yeah and a lot of this a lot of this chapter even jamie tells her you're like aries you know you're, yep. you're being it mad is. now so yeah and she says mind your foreshadowing going on yeah yeah but you know it could be just set up to <laughs> throw us off again because we all know how this story works another man who she despises who she's displaying tendencies of is Robert Baratheon in this chapter. Oh my Not only gosh, with yes. the excessive drinking, but also with the violent tendencies. Did you notice how many times in this chapter she she just has these little passing thoughts of inflicting violence on certain yeah. people? Yeah. For half a groat, she would have slapped the blushing bride right there upon the dais. Uh, she wishes all the guests had a single face so she could throw wine in their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, this, she could have slapped Lyle Crate Call. The single face and the sheep. Like she refers to everybody as, you know, single face and sheep. Like yeah. just yeah. Mm-hmm. No and one to, everyone is significant. To Mandy's point about control earlier and, and you know, that burning the burning the tower is a, a measure of control for her and she gets, I think, a lot of her personality and confidence from her ability to control situations. Mm-hmm. Violence like that is is when you're not in control it's something you resort to when you don't have any other way to control a situation and so i think that's very much a function of where she is psychologically here that she doesn't feel she can control any of these things and so she feels like she wants to resort to violence credit to her i guess that she doesn't actually do it but that's where her head is because she feels powerless that's a good point and it's yeah it it just calls back to mind to me robert baratheon who she experienced such emotional sexual just trauma physical trauma of all sorts at his hands he did awful things to her um 
yet here she is displaying those tendencies as well. It's really tragic, actually. It's pretty sad. I mean, and then also she was married to Robert, you know, like one of the first times we see her, she's trying to kill, you know, Lady Santa's wolf and she <laughs> wants to kill. It's like, it's always just off of their hat or kill them or, you know, clip out their tongues. And then Robert's like, no, we don't need to do it. She's not even as bad as Robert. She's worse than Robert, I think. And then she has to like, you know, she's so used to being the queen and getting her way. And that's what she, that's what she does to get her way. It's like, oh, you defy me? I'll cut off your head. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Cersei's both, you know, had tremendous abuse laid to her and, and also has has abused a lot of people mm-hmm. and what we see yeah. you know out of Look abuse usually is that it continues as cycles and mm-hmm. you know the, the way that robert abused her terribly we see later in this book with with her and taina where taina. she's kind of like yep. taking control sexually in a way that's not super comfortable uh you know we don't get taina's perspective but it's it's pretty violent and enforced and and also in that POV of Cersei, she doesn't even enjoy it either. It's it's this exercise that she does to try something out, but it's it's not even something. It's, it's not based yeah, in love. It's, it's not exerting even, power, right? Yeah. It's it's based in power, and so mm-hmm. you know we see that from Cersei to with Tywin. She's been basically mentally abused by him her whole life, and mm-hmm. she does this to Tommen and to Joff and probably Marcella too. Although I don't think we see it, but. She, the she doesn't even know she's continuing these cycles and she's doing it right. And she even she even encourages to your point and respects that in Joffrey. She 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 constantly is either thinking or saying to Tommen, "If you were more like yeah. Joffrey, you know, Joffrey would have never allowed this." Yeah, you know those types of things. She's lauding Joffrey for those tendencies. Mm-hmm. Right, and as well yes. as well as the if I were a man thing because that's the big thing mm-hmm. with her her father mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so she's trying to prove not only you know that she can keep her place as queen but she as a woman can keep rule and she wants to keep control because that's one of the hardest factors there is that she's got all the men who can technically take control and even like Kevin but with re, you know reducing him in stature and, and rank mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and he's afraid that the Tyrells could go and you know Elena and Cersei just use all their men as like as just pawns they're all pawns on the board that's true hmm good stuff good stuff we got more on any further more? on Cersei than I ever thought uh, I think that it's awfully telling that um, we had Kevin Lannister chatting in the corner with Garland Tyrell. Mm-hmm. I think I think Kevin wants Cersei out just as much as anybody, and he's working towards it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote some notes down on that too, but they're all just speculative. I don't like sure. we don't know. You know, we know what happens to Kevin in the end. Yep. Um, but yep. what's he, what's his real game at? We get a, a sense that he's talking with others besides Cersei. He understood, he has heard the news about Sandor in the Riverlands from somewhere. So he's plugged into other people besides just Cersei. Mm-hmm. He's having these conversations. I don't the know. The walk of think... atonement is his idea. 
yeah. later in this book. Yes, um, very much so. And he's not, you know, Kevin's not a good dude. I think sometimes, no. sometimes no. people like, uh, he's not Tywin. Well, that's true. But, but he's Tywin's lapdog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not a great dude. And yeah, I, you get the sense very much that he's you know, collaborating with the Tyrells. Or at the very well, least being like, I'm going to let her, having the same objective and purpose of, I'm just going to poke and prod Cersei until she digs her own grave, and yeah. then we can get people who can actually run this kingdom. Sorry, Mandy. See, I kind of look at it as, like, the Tyrells and Kevin are, are doing what they need to do, because Cersei's right. time's over, and she's not accepting that, and she doesn't want to accept that. Like, her time is done. Like, she is now, you know, the mother of the king. She's no longer the, the main queen. She's no longer, you know, and she doesn't want to accept that. So... I kind of am, like, on the opposite. Like, I think that the Tyrells are doing it in a passive-aggressive way, but, like, they're also trying to set it up for the new reign because, and the new stuff, and especially when we see later on with, like, you know, Marjorie and Tommen and and giving in to the Septon and all that stuff and, and religion and starting to take over. Um, I You know, Cersei... She just can't let it go, and she needs to. And it's just the saddest but yet relatable thing, I think. Um, you know, you want to feel for her, and then you're like, man, stop self-sabotaging, but she is. But then you want her to stay strong, and then you're like, you did it to yeah, yourself. So like, you, you, she's a love-hate. And, yeah, very you know, complicated get, relationship with Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, but I get that because I feel that way internally all the time. Like, love-hate. Like, and, you know, I, I get her feelings, and I can see these things. And I just think she's one of the best characters internally. And like I said, it took me the second reading to really enjoy her the way that I really do. So, yeah. And and being she, a mom right. to be to yes. really enjoy her. Being a parent helps. You're yeah. right. She is incredibly relatable. A lot of the things she does, you can sit back and go, "Yeah, I get it." If I was three <laughs> sheets crazier, I would do that. I yeah. get it. I get it. no, but I I agree with you about the Tyrells. And just because they're taking opportunities for their family, doesn't mean that they're also not doing the right thing for the kingdom. Right. I was going to say and, something similar. Yeah, yeah. Getting getting Cersei out of there is absolutely the right thing to do for the kingdom right now um we know yeah. that and can say it with certainty because we are actually inside of her head in her povs and <laughs> like yeah she should not yeah. not be, be running a kingdom and making yeah. a decision making decisions so Elena so, tells her that why don't you go back to Lannis? like like why don't you go exactly. back to casually rock you know we'll let you stay there we're we're fine with you there but Kevin does too in the previous chapter. That's the yeah. advice he's giving her, right? And, but but and that's same like advice. how it should you have be done. And, and yes. it's it's just how it is. It's how history has been. And of course, Cersei is not going to let that be. You no, know? She's like, holding on to that prophecy and she wants yeah. to protect herself. She wants to protect Tommen. I truly believe she wants to protect Tommen. Um, I mean, I don't blame her for not leaving her kid because I definitely wouldn't want to leave my kid either if he were king. Especially yeah. after the Joffrey stuff. But you have to let go of being the queen. You have to take a step back and let the new line take over. Yeah. I And, and yet, you know, like, it's easy for us to sit back and say that, but it's like, okay, so Jamie said no. Kevin said no. You don't trust anyone else. You do want to protect your kid. 
what are your options? Like you kind of have to hold on tight and try to stay involved and stay in control because your other options are give give it over to these people that you don't trust. And maybe they're more trustworthy than she thinks they are or that they're going to do good things for Tommen, but she doesn't believe that. And so taking a step back to us seems obvious and even to Kevin seems obvious, but to her it's like, you're crazy. No one is going to step up and lead. I have to do it. I can't trust them to take care of Tommen. So it's kind of I get I get why I get why she's grasping. It's just that it's gonna fail. It's it's not it's not it's not working. I mean, I think mothers do that even now. Like my grandma still does that stuff, and she's eighty five, and she's like, "No, I gotta take care of everything." Yeah. You know, yeah. like oh man, it's totally. a motherly thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, especially mm-hmm. coming off the holidays just a few months ago, and letting go of old family traditions, like where we would go everyone would go to my grandma's house on Christmas Eve, you know, when we were the kids. And now that we're grown with kids of our own, it's just ballooned to the point that we can't all go to grandma's house on Christmas Eve anymore. And it was really hard for grandma to accept that. And it was really hard for my mom, her daughter to accept that too. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, I totally feel you there. Letting go of those things. The same thing happened with my family. It's like we always used to go there and now we all have our own kids big families or live in different states and and it's just you you it's the new generation and new generation changes things and it's it's life man it's just life totally same thing happened in my family i uh i i totally tricked my mom though i felt bad about it later i because i i knew i was like we want you know we wanted to stay at our house for christmas right with me and and the the boys and aowen and and i was like Mom, remember when I was young and we would just always travel around to the houses and it was so much fun. It was great. Do you remember how we used to do that? He's like, we never did that. And I said, exactly. I want my kids to stay at home during Christmas and have our little thing. That's so great. Manipulative and mean. I feel bad about it. Sorry, Mom. I I feel like that's a conversation we've all had to have with our parents, Mm -hmm. especially once grandkids come into the come into the picture. Anyways, well, should we spend some more time getting to know Mandy a little better? I I, I think this is a good time to do it. Yeah. Sure, All right. Ask away. Well, we've heard some <laughs> of it a little bit, but what what is your yeah. Song of Ice and Fire story? How did you find it? You started. So you started with the TV show. You started with Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was um, it was going through the start of my cancer when I had it before, and I um. You know, I was doing chemotherapy, so I had a lot of extra time. So I started doing YouTube, and um, I was, like, in Indie Geeks chat when there was, like, 20 people there, and now there's, like, 500, 600. I can't keep up. I don't I don't go as much as I used to. But I don't know. We just started doing all the tinfoil theories. I got into the show. I got into YouTube, and then I was like, oh, man, there's – I don't understand anything they're saying on YouTube because I haven't read the books. So then I read the books because there were so much stuff I didn't know, and I tried yeah. to learn about it, but – you really just have to go back and I I would I would even say like I read all of it. Like I have all the books, but I listen to audio books a lot. Like I'm an audiobook person. We hear that. But I let it play too. in the background. Mm-hmm. Um I have the books, you know. I actually found a first copy of A Storm of Swords at the at the Goodwill. Wait, no not way. the Goodwill. Um Yeah. So well any the thrift store but for a dollar. And so I was no like, yes, way. because of it's, yes. So I always keep my eye out, but um, that's awesome. That's how I got into it. And I just, it, you know, it helped me 
stay my mind off of possibly dying. <laughs> like, uh-huh. even there was all the mutilation and death. But it just, like, kept me kept me interested, focused, like, and during, kept my mind off of the negativity and, you know, into storyline. And, and I just, like, dug deeper and deeper. And once you open that wormhole and once you get reading the books and you start, like, what is this? What's the cat's pod dagger? Oh, where is it from? Oh, who are the others? The others? Wait, what? Oh, wait, they're not the same as the, I, the, the Night King? Who's the Night, Night King doesn't exist? Wait, what's this? <laughs> and so you're I like... Love I love it. I, love I mean, it. it's the truth. So you learn about it, and there's so much brilliance and background and inter, interconnection and web, and I love, you know, pre-Arthurian lore as it is, and then I got really into, like, the War of the Roses, so then, and, you know, European history mm. and all of the... So and how George intertwines all of these storylines in history that we know into this and created an entire world based on history and ideas and and it's just so fabulous and blew my mind just how brilliant everything was. So I started and I couldn't stop and I, here I am now. <laughs> I don't know to eight ten years later <laughs> that just I'm still listening to all y'all's podcasts. <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're still Sitting here. on a late Saturday night, chit-chatting about it. Waiting yeah. for wins. Waiting for wins. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that'll be, if, if I ever do like a memoir, that'll be, that'll be my, the name. Waiting for wins. Waiting for, for, Waiting for wins. Well, Waiting Lydia, Lydia, our um, Lady Lydia, she is one of our main girls and lit bringers and the one who She's just got an ice and fire console. She did All I Want for Christmas is Wins by Mariah Carey. Yes. And it's one of my favorite it. ones. And that's if you haven't seen All I Want for Christmas is Wins, it's on our YouTube channel and it's also on Twitter. And it's probably one of the funniest ones. I, I need think to go back have. and watch that one. I remember watching it when it first came out. Christmas time. Oh man, there's there's so many. And the thing is, it's like we we create all different genres of music and we're like the Mickey Mouse Club of a Song of Ice and Fire fans. Like we all have our own personalities. Um we're getting better each one, but we I think we cater to everybody and like even this we have a uh Roost Bolton one coming out that's really cool. It's gonna be our first animated one. Whoa. So that's coming out this year. Yeah, it's wow. not it's, I mean, it's not that like crazy animated, but it's we're we're working on it. Like, uh, so me and uh, cool. Senia, but um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I don't want to give away too. Much. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I'd rather like <laughs> underpromise and overdeliver. So. A good a good lesson in general. Yep, for <laughs> sure. So you you've you know, especially with Litbringers being such a, a big part of the fandom now, how did you get involved with the A Song of Ice and Fire fandom, even more so than just Game of Thrones and the books? Oh, um, so I did I was a um moderator for Geek Chat and a couple other pages as well. Um, the West Rossi Ninja, and then I also played Citadel Trivia because I love trivia. <laughs> I used to go every Friday night, and then, um, you know, I'm just pretty outgoing, so I'll like text someone, "Hi, how are you? Oh, you like Darius?" And then we'll just start talking. Um, some people, you know, I have you have to be careful who you meet online, obviously, but I'm pretty like <laughs> yeah. my shit's out there, like. <laughs> You can, I'm broke. I don't got money. You can come after me. That's fine. Like, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> the most you're going to get is my Wayfair or Target card. Like, get out of here. <laughs> but um, so I just started 
you know, ta- reaching out, talking to people. We all like different things. I see people in chats. I started um, my first friend was Steven Stark. Actually, we met in the In Deep Geek chat. Oh, cool! And then him and I, I asked him like for Con of Thrones, can I be in your communal house? So that I stayed there with like um, fifteen other people, and we all shared this giant like townhouse. And cool. at Con of Thrones, I just met everybody finally in person. But you know, through the fandom, you just know names and screen names and stuff. But it's really nice when you finally get to meet the person behind the screen name. And some of them oh, are not as easy, not what you think. Other ones are less or more. Or who knows? I mean, I I've. It's funny because <laughs> Christina's mom is such a wonderful person. Um, she. She's like one of my bigger fans and she supports me and Christina's videos and all that. But she's always like, Denizzo. And then one time Christina put me on like video chat when she was with her mom. She's like, oh, wait, that's Daenerys because I was in my red hair and my regular me. And I didn't have like my blonde wig on and, and like the makeup and everything. So but it's just funny because um, and then one time a person did come up to me like, hey, wait, you're Daener- Denizzo Targaryen. Tar- I'm like. Yes, I'm famous. Oh my god! <laughs> Somebody recognized me. No, but like it was the craziest, weirdest thing. I was in, I was in the supermarket, and they were just like, awesome. "No, no, no." Wow. Yeah, it was. They were like, "No, I know Song of Madness," and they actually knew. They're like, "We're in the fandom too," and so and then we talk about listen. So they're here in Houston, no but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just down and friendly, and I. I don't know. I was kind of Very. a dork growing up. And so, like, I I hardly got invited to places. So I always have tried to invite people and include people. And I just remember how much that used to hurt me. And it took me kind of, like, a little bit growing up and just self-confidence to get through that. And then now I like to just always make sure to say hi and be nice and try to include everyone. And, you know, until the point – unless there's a point, there's – you can't go beyond. But for the most part, I'm pretty – um, easy going so definitely feel that yeah for sure yeah I, I feel like a lot of people in our in our little fandom family mm-hmm. have maybe dealt with some of those similar feelings of isolation exclusion. or or exclusion yeah and have now taken steps to to be like you and and to not be that and that's led to mm-hmm. our fandom being such a warm and inviting place so appreciate you being a part of that with some dark corners it- it's <laughs> darker Always. yeah but it, de- it definitely helps to have um somebody into the same kind of things that you're into and so in depth because we are like the in-depth geeks so yeah let's be real so uh, yeah it's it's been really nice to find that community i think for for lots of people um, yep. that are kind of yeah like matt said kind of in our smaller group but it's mm-hmm. it's it's been, it's been a very accepting community from what i see mm-hmm. great yeah. What, what? Tell me who your favorite minor character is. The song of Ice Okay, and Fire. so <laughs> I love Pat Free. <laughs> Pat like, Free. Pat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's I have. That's, I have a uh, Christ- that's not one you get very often. I like it. I like it. I have more. a Christmas um, song for him too, for Blue Christmas, but I didn't. I didn't put it out <laughs> yet. Christmas. I love it. But it's gonna come out, and then obviously the Dunkin' Egg because I love. My name is Egg. Egg on the unlikely, but he's not really a minor character, is he? No, no, no. no but it's okay. Major. Yeah. I mean, these questions are just and, questions. We're just trying to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, there's so many good ones, though. <laughs> but do we call I it? Pri is an amazing choice. 
Is is I, Mira is Mira minor? No, she's major to me. To me, she's major. Okay. That's the beauty so. of these characters. Is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say Mira yeah. can go either way. She's like minor major. And I love I love the whole house of the undying and the warlock and when they try to um get Daenerys with the what do you call it? I can't think right now. The, the flaming heart thing. That- no, the animal like oh. um. Yeah. What's it called? It's not... uh, forgot. I forgot too. But anyway. I, that's that scene's that scene is a mess. I I still read that scene and I'm backwards. Starts with an M. Something with an M. Anyway, I can't remember. But I like the whole um, warlock thing and like how he just kills everybody. <laughs> it's like meet me at the house of the undying. I'm like, damn, you don't play <laughs> like this. Is, and then he steals her dragons. I mean, that's takes some balls, to, you know. It's like, like that's a that's a move. So, and then I love the whole House of the Undying like unveiling. So, I don't know. I guess that would be probably my favorite underlying cool. character. I like that answer. That is awesome. You, you mentioned liking tinfoil. What's yeah. your favorite tinfoil theory? Oh my God! Is it, all is, of it them. is it the, all of them? Is it the Cersei Jamie yeah. one? No, Ferris oh, the, the can you've just opened, Scad. I know. Ferris Fer- the Merman. I actually have the cosplay Ferris too. The yes, and that's <laughs> that's why I had the bald cap for original because I was gonna wear it to Ice and Fire Con, but then I had it for the egg. But um, yeah, I'm never wearing a bald cap. Those are so uncomfortable. <laughs> But um, I love that one, and I've made some pictures of myself, which are stupid on it. But, um, yeah, I would think that one. And then I, I tried to make Varys the third uh, dragon in the one Drunken Splendor one night. I did that, but I don't remember how <laughs> that connected it somehow some random way. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I wish that's, I would have wrote it I, down. That's one I don't know. Oh, yeah, and I've totally made, like, me and my friends, we've made our gray eight where we, like, drew a map of Westeros, and I put, like, who my, who from each region would be my gray eight. So Mandy's making the gray eight. Making eight. making the eight? <laughs> nice. Yeah, technically wow. nine, but, you know, we'll see. But I mean, if you're going to follow in Robert Baratheon's footsteps, I suppose, yeah. I suppose that would be the way to do it, maybe. Making the eight. So... <laughs> <laughs> so what keeps you coming back to A Song of Ice and Fire? What about it speaks to you? Oh, it's you strictly kinda... a song of yeah. a song of madness and Davos Fingers podcast, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. It's the only answer. <laughs> and then uh dragons, <laughs> duh, the dragons, magic. Oh yeah. Um, I mean those few steps below us, but <laughs> they're okay. But um <laughs> You know, I, I think it's been the friendship and then just wanting to stay in the friendships, too. And then, totally. like, for Lip Bringers, like, we all kind of, we, it's not a competition. Like, we, we have fun, but we also, like, try to outdo each other and we try to make each other laugh. So we have, well, I, I wouldn't, actually, let me take that back. We don't try to outdo each other, but we do try to, like. like kind of one up. Yeah, no, bit. I wouldn't push, even say push, one up. Push it. Push the narrative. Push the, yeah, we, push the creativity. We try to Next push each, each other's time. limits and try to get each other laughing the most we can. And I think we got to the point where we're actually doing it for ourselves to make each other, like, to impress 
to impress the other lip bringers. Like we're like, mm-hmm. oh man, Lydia did so oh, good totally. with this, and now I gotta do so good with this. Or Christina did so amazing with her Dracarys video, so now I gotta do this. But we have a lot of fun with it, and um, I think it just the we encourage each other, and we like to have you know brilliance and complexity beyond, and keep conversations going, and then also just um people who get into the same kind of nerdy things we do and have fun with it, you know, and not like judge. Cause I try to show my friends that my videos, I'm like, check out my videos. They're like, Oh, cool. cool. Like, what are you? Yeah. I know. I didn't know you were this weird. Yeah. What's your yeah. podcast about? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, you got like 91 subscribers. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I think you're, I think the answer of that you gave about, coming back to Song of Ice and Fire really being about the friendships and the fandom relationships and stuff is interesting. And I think it's more common. It's not a common answer we get oh. to that question, but I think it's a common feeling. I know, Matt, you've expressed that before. That like, that's you're, you're more me. about the people now than you are about the books. Absolutely. And, 100% mm. is more about my friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love the never ending theories too. Like, I mean, my mind can just take one thing and it goes... 20 different directions and, I, and you know we yeah. want the we want the, yes and we want the answers and i love the werewolves i love the old gods the magic i love you know and i want these answers and i'm we're like we're all waiting for winds and your dream of spring we'll see but you know like we are just hanging on to this brilliance and want and deserve the answer we deserve them can't wait. We're gonna get GRRM. If you're listening, we deserve them. He's not. Oh yeah. (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) Yep. Yep. What? uh, Tell me what character arc you like the best. Whose character arc do you like the best? Mm, um, You know, this one was a hard one, and I didn't like. I love them all because, like, I have been okay. So first off, I'm a Gemini, and I don't know if any of y'all follow or. Read that, but Gemini's have like lots of different personalities, and we're all always adaptable and all over the place. And I'm super creative, and I love, like I I feel like I myself have like twelve different personalities depending on the day, which or if I'm my coffee, which one you get. <laughs> like, coffee has a big element, but um, I really love Jamie's the best, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do. I like what's going on with Jamie. And then I but then <laughs> but then I love what's going on with Kat. <laughs> like how she rises from the dead and then she becomes Lady Stoneheart. So like, you know, I have my moods. Which one like do I feel mm-hmm. like I wanna slit your throat today and or do I yeah. feel like I wanna <laughs> redempt myself from being an asshole because I went you know, I don't have a hand anymore. I don't know. It depends on my day. <laughs> But I would say I'll, Jamie's probably up there. I mean, I Gemini like or not, I think I think a lot of people feel that way. Like it just it, it's a testament to how well these are written, these books are written and how mm. deep George has gone with the characters. That that answer changes for people. Yeah. Daily. Maybe on the I daily. Think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the time. I you know, like every time I ask this question, I'm like, what is my answer to that question? And like, yeah, I think it's different every time. It changes. And half yeah. the time, when people answer the question, they convince me that they're right about the about their opinion, and that I was wrong about. And you're mine. like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're absolutely. You're right. right. That's the yeah. best arc there is. Theon, you're right. And like, due to unpopular opinion, like I mean, I love Varys. 
I really do. <laughs> like, and I love, like, I'll be like, I love Magar the Cruel and I love Baylor the Blessed. <laughs> like, I love them both. They're sure. my favorite Targaryens. Yeah. <laughs> but they're so opposite, it. but I love them both. But I love Varys. And then I also, like, I like Jorah a lot. Then maybe it's just because the show Jorah got me sold on Jorah before the book Jorah. And I know that there's a lot of Jorah hate, but I. I like Jorah and I see him trying and I love his love for Khaleesi and I th- yes it's weird and creepy but it's normal for that time well medieval it's a time period are we calling it I don't know but it's um <laughs> for their society it's not whatever I mean abnormal. you know yeah. like yeah a lot of people are not Jorah stands but I I like Jorah it's his arc too and where it's coming and going and where he has to you know get called out by Daenerys and I yeah. I just like that part like of him. We'll see where it goes. There is a difference between liking a character's arc and liking what a character does. And yeah, yeah I think you've made that mm. distinction. So Tyrion's yeah, another maybe. good example of that. Yeah, mm. Tyrion is a good one. Well, too. I love Tyrion yeah. too. Well, there you go. <laughs> he, well, he was actually... Okay, so he's probably my favorite character to begin with. So probably, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. That's why I said, like, when his books, like, burning his books and all of his maps and all his wonderful things in the tower, like, oh, I die. It just hurts. You're thinking of your 800-piece record collection. It's not even a real thing. Yes, but it's not even a real thing. But I'm like, I just imagine it being amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well. Yep. that, That was the last question we had for you. Is it time to sign off? We've had a blast. We have. Yeah. And so I want to say thank you guys for having me on here, inviting me on here. I feel like fangirled. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I love Lipbringers. I love you guys giving us, like, you're the reason Lipbringers kind of exist. So you give us Mm -hmm. a little, you know, getaway into the fandom and a chance to be ourselves and um, from our real lives. So it's really great. And, well, uh, thank you. That, that, that means a lot, but yep. thank you. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for being on our podcast. You were wonderful. It was, yeah, it was a the pleasure was immense. Usually the case, the best part of these to us is getting to know you guys better. And for sure, um, you know, you have, you have an extreme amount of kindness within you that uh, I'm not sure, you know, we didn't have a sense for any of that really. Right. And yeah. A very I'm open so perspective to... about life. And uh, it's interesting to hear all that. Thank yeah, you for so sharing. glad we're able to kind of amplify that. And yeah. I'm happy that so many, well, I say like so many, like the masses that listen to our podcast. Like, you know, 50, but, 70. Yeah, the 50 people knows? that listen to us will, I think that they'll take a lot from this one, from the yeah. stuff that well, you've sure. talked about and said. So thank They're you. all the same people that listen to us. So <laughs> I just throw that <laughs> out there. It's all a big incestuous pool. Of yeah, we got to remember. We love you guys. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before or not, but I was just listening to an interview with Dave Matthews, my favorite guy ever. And he was talking about, they were saying, you know, how after 30 years are you still selling out these huge venues and just having thousands of people coming on your, you know, multiple tour dates and everything. And, you know, and he goes, nah, I don't, he's, and they're making the point of you still have thousands and thousands of fans around the United States and around the world. And he goes, nah, I don't think we do. I think we just have like 
18,000 fans and they just travel to all of our different shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's kind of true because I've totally traveled to save Matthew's fans. That's shows. what people do, I, right? I have, people yeah. Plan their yeah. summers and, around traveling and to Dave fish, shows. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I've so. been there. So. That's Dave like that's like fish. our little that's like our little uh, fandom thing here. We're all just the same little family that listens to each other's podcasts and yep. support each other's content and Nerd all out. of that. So Nerd out. travel Tice and Firecon, which we're so for looking. Yeah. yeah, which I'm gonna be a virgin this year, so I'm ready to be sacrificed. Like like I I don't know, just like I'm I'm expecting y'all to kidnap me. Throw me in a trunk with no jawbreaker, please. Like we've seen that movie; it doesn't play out well. Oh, but like, I, just throw me in a trunk. I feel like you have a some... very different idea of what a song of, of, of what Ice and Fire Con is about than what actually happens. It's just Come a on. bunch of nerds hanging out and talking. There's no. no I'm just you know, asking. No... Sitting in the lobby. <laughs> Listen, I was never college pledged, so can we just live this dream, friends? <laughs> Okay, you, you've heard I'll it. You've heard it here first, guys. We have Find to some pledge way to like <laughs> to throw Mandy in a trunk like, safely and <laughs> legally. No, no. <laughs> Just pledge me, pledge me, pledge Mandy. <laughs> Just refer to me as pledge. Add it to my list of names. The pledge. The pledge. The pledge. I love it. <laughs> well, on that note, at least at least uh, find Mandy if you can at Ice and Firecon if you're going yes. and say hi. Right. Let's like yes. let's leave it there, maybe. And Please say hi. I am yeah, so friendly. See what happens. Even if you have ideas or if you have some cool cosplays you want to show off, I mean, even if it's five seconds of you in a cool cosplay and we have that character, I will make you fit in our video. Like it's cool. Like we're down and we're we're all about bringing the fandom together and Mandy just having to fun. Mandy wants to with you. Come yeah, find her. send it Mandy to me. Mandy the mingler. Yeah. Lip ringers at lip ringers across everything, but lip lip ringers at Twitter is obviously the thing we check the most. So, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Our our sign off quote because I also wanted it goes. For mine is, are we there yet or no? Yeah, we can be there. Yeah. yeah. Yep, we're there. Okay, so mine is by Matchbox Twenty. So it's also my healing song whatever it's uh 3 a.m so a lot of people didn't know this but he wrote this about his mom um and and in response to him his mom found out she had cancer when he was like 11 12 years old so he was writing memories of her and that's how the song 3 a.m i must be lonely you know it's she said it's Mm -hmm. cold outside but anyway, there's a part that says that she thinks that happiness is a mat that sits on her doorway. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like super Mandy because I like obviously you, you listeners can't see my decor. But for me, I love everything colorful and bright. And I find just beauty in like everything, even a mat that sits on my doorway or a plant or a crystal goblet. I drink my like everything I find something in. And so to me, that lyric has always stuck to me because you know, happiness can be whatever you want it to make or to, to make it be like your idea of happiness comes from you. And if you think it's something as little as a wine goblet or a chair or a fabric or a shirt or I mean, I'm not saying I'm materialistic, but it can be little things like that. And I want just to leave the world with or our podcaster is listening with to just open your eyes to try to see positively and see the good things and how things are made and how things are created and you know just appreciate what you do have because it really gets you know 
everything has meaning. So that's all I want to say. Beautiful way to end it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mine is, is also a song lyric. Uh, and we've already referred to the Gonge once on this episode. But uh, oh. I couldn't help but think of Ben Harper and his wonderful anthem, Burn One Down. Um, as I was reading about the Tower of the Hand, he's, of course, referring to marijuana. But uh, his the, the chorus of that song goes, if you don't like my fire, then don't come around because I'm going to burn one down. Yes, I'm going to burn one down. Uh, my my sign off, uh, I came up with just as Mandy was speaking here. Uh, <laughs> happiness is a map that's starting your doorway, maybe. But for me, happiness is my mat that sits on the other end of the podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love you, baby. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Touche. Uh, well, right. happiness is my Christina and the rest of the bringers. I just have to throw that out there now. Yes. There you go. This whole family. Wherever this they're whole family. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy, it was a pleasure. Um, Very much. All right. With that. Off. Thanks, Kalasar. Good night. listen to us it's happening Sorry. already it's happening it's not even that late it isn't we're early uh, well, okay not... so i won't lie i i wanted to get menage a trois wine because i thought that would be perfect for this thing but i was cheap so i went with yellowtail but i do have my fancy <laughs> goblet cersei style for the wine that's lovely um, beautiful yeah i have coffee because it's the only way i can get through cersei chapters well i feel like wine is the only way i can but no um i just started it so we're taking it easy but we're i just felt it was appropriate and um, i busted out the fine crystal so it looks great yeah totally puts us in the mood cheers cheers Um, indeed we're stressed about i'm stressed about it i don't know if matt's me too you guys don't have to make I'm, videos I'm burying, in 24 I'm hours. The stress. I'm burying the stress. <laughs> like, I'll literally be up down. the entire night making a video, waiting for you to post so I can post and then I can go to bed. <laughs> we will. I don't know how much information we'll have early, but I will I will try to get, get information early if you if you can keep it a secret. Part of part, yeah. Part of the problem is, is I mean, I will do what I have to it, do, Master. We're turning it around. We're turning it around as quick as you're seeing it, basically. Like I yeah. know it's. A, we, I do we not envy you guys either, though. The results from the previous day, so. Yeah. But even like, even like, you know, we like we didn't decide the champion circle thing until like days before it started. It wasn't like oh my gosh like we last knew. year like we had no we we come up with this stuff days <laughs> okay. before we release it sometimes. <laughs> I like I love it but I hate it because let me tell you last year okay so we had not stand Arya for the first with year because we wanted Daenerys to win and she did win because we had all these awesome Daenerys videos but we were super standing Danny. So um I felt that we didn't represent Arya enough. So I last year was like, I'm going to rep Arya. I'm going out there. So I had like six Arya songs like ready for every time she came up. (laughs) You took her away. And I had them like ready and they were so cool. And all I had to do was film them. And it was just like, man. But 
well, you know, they'll, their time will come. It'll become appropriate. But yeah. don't sit on them. Get kind those of things like... out there. They're not doing any good on your hard drive. <laughs> we can, we yeah. can do some fun stuff for the Circle of Champions. Uh, well, not make it after madness, but I also have a Brienne song I didn't put out last year, but I can use it for another character this year. So, um, we'll see how it works. Like a lot of songs we, we start, we started a Zora High song, um, to Beyonce, <laughs> baby boy, Zora High, you've been on my mind and then, and then like have him and, um, so anyway, uh, that was me and Dom. So Dom and I have a history, if you haven't seen the Dunkin' Egg, so this one's going to be pretty hot. The Dunkin' Egg is one of my favorite ones. If you guys have him back. (laughs) I know, that one was really funny. That, that, actually, the egg, um, the hat, because I have a long hair, and for those of you who don't know me, I have, like, long red hair, and it's about... Like, it's down towards my butt. Like, it's long. And uh, it's hard to keep it up in that wig. So I had to put it in a ponytail. And then I had to shoot from certain angles. And then within, like, 15 minutes, the whole thing was sweating off the cap. (laughs) So I only had, like, very few shoots to choose from and use that. But, again, we made it in two days. So it was, like, we had to do what we had to do. But... It was, it's a lot of fun to, and it also like makes me challenge myself. Like, can you do this? You can do this. Yeah. Do it. Super Just deadlines. Get it done. Yeah. 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 It's great. Get her. Wait, I have to ask your question. So wait, Matt, are you going to be a squid? Cause you're a Detroit, um, Red Wings fan. <laughs> are you going to be the red Kraken for an ice inside? Someone <laughs> is throwing down gauntlets. <laughs> Here at I'm the sorry, end of our call, there. you just yeah. have to do that. You now. Oh, I just want you... you to show up, Matt. Like, oh. we should let's make a bet. Wait, let's make a bet. Who wins? Wow. I, let's make a bet on who wins this year at, for Song of Madness. And if they win, you have to wear it. There's an online, like a blow up, like a, a red kraken thing, but it can be like mm. a red squid. So mm. you can be like the, the Detroit Lions kraken. I mean, not lions. Detroit Red, Detroit Red, Wings. Red Wings. The Red Wings cracking. I, I think Matt if will you be, lose. will burn himself make a alive before we, he we wears a Red Wings costume. We don't have to agree on this. No, it won't be a Red Wings costume. It will be a mashup. It will be the Red Squid blow-up costume. And then maybe we'll put, like, on the foot a Detroit sticker or something. But on the foot, you know, so you can walk on it all day, but it's still there. But you can walk that on would it, be great so you feel better about it. it. That would help but you feel a little better about let's, it. Let's yeah. um, you don't have to answer this today, but I think we should make a bet on who wins, and if I you are willing to, I will song need of to madness? ponder that. I yeah, need to ponder no, that. for so who wins the song if of I'm madness? To do that, and if I lose, or if you win, well, I we, have to. I mean, why do you want it? Dress up like a Red Wings Kraken thing. Yeah. Um, I'll have to think long and hard about that. Because that goes against everything. Okay, I well, you don't have too here. long to think about it. I know, which is the point. I think I think we we worry about making bets about winning, who's going to win Song of Madness, because we don't want to be influencing. Well, listen, you have the Denizzo yeah. factor. Well, that was my next question: is Are you guys going to be in our? You want to look prettier in my video, as old dirty bastard says. You want to look prettier in my video. So, are you guys going to be in our a- videos or what? You don't want to influence the crowd, huh? I have no shame. No, I would love to. <laughs> I have no shame. I will be in a video, but uh, 
I don't have a lot of costume elements. I don't have a good like video setup. So right. it's but I'd be happy to participate. Yeah. Do I have to send you I have to send you a green screen too, I guess. Green screen factory month of March. <laughs> if there's a tutorial on how to use it, I will participate. <laughs> well, but we're I'm, using I'm um... not much of a singer though. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> and, just, no. and here I am. Yeah. I get better each one. I'll just say that, like you know, <laughs> but like my John Fogarty, I'm like, oh my gosh, why would I? Why did I not just sing it regularly? I don't know. <laughs> I felt I was feeling it in the moment, and I was like feeling like it. I'm like it sounds like a record. It's cool, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, this is re- this is a record of Mandy. No like, regrets. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Well, we're just I, glad okay, you share your. So... We just we're just glad you share these parts of you with us. <laughs> yes. Thank mm-hmm. you.